Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the red suit comes down the chimney. We continue the countdown here with a McCafe menu. Nice and diverse today. Jared Healy's going to join yeah, us. Yeah, looking forward to that. To talk all things, though, Sydney to Hobart. Yeah. Started not, not 10. Not brown lows, not commentary, no. not radio shows. No. Sailing. He's, he's, yes. Although it's not all Japanese sunsets out there in Bass Strait, I don't think so. Jared Healy has started 10 Sydney to Hobarts. He's finished eight of them. He's a uh, somewhat of a veteran of the high seas. He's going to join us about just He's what... the radio equivalent of John Bertrand. <laughs> he is. He is indeed. You can introduce him as such. Uh, we're going to have a chat to Ben Davey, the Seymour Lions coach up there in the, the GVL or the GVFL, a big signing. David Mundy signed to Seymour, the if you Lions. don't mind. What about that? They used to be my local club. Not a bad commute. Now I don't give a stuff. But how long was your commute to watch a game at Seymour? Is it as long, long as Mundy's? No. Four hours via yeah, he's got wait, the 747. <laughs> is he doing the haircut thing before he comes across? What do you mean? He's getting a bit long of the locks. Like. Oh, he's got to keep the locks. He hasn't played for Seymour since under-16s before, of course, he went through the Bush Rangers system and then, um, you know, became the game's record holder at an AFL club. Reasonable signing from Seymour. Um, Luke Sil- Silkenade is going to join us yeah. and... Dominic Condello, the director at the Victorian Athletics Club, because summer uh, across Australia, particularly in, in Victoria, big guts athletic season coming up. So I'll have a chat to Dominic. You know what I want to ask, Dominic? Yes. I want to ask about the pathways now for the athletes that there's no Commonwealth Games. Good call. Where do they go now? Very good call. Where can I go and improve my 100-metre time from 10-3 to 9-11? What am I going to do? Well, I think he would have uh, a few Paris hopefuls amongst his contingent as well. But yeah, for sure, the Commonwealth Games are no longer on the calendar. Questions of that notice to come as well. And the open line is one three hundred seven three six seven three six forty wings temper oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. You don't have to put your hand up here. This isn't the classroom. I, I was trolling through my memory of you and I on air last night. Right? <laughs> You're getting nostalgic here. while I was watching Love Actually. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know how I feel about this. Gee, you know, my last day was Sam tomorrow. And I thought, you know the sad thing for our time on air? We've never gone out and got on the sauce. No. Got on a drink, like, you know. So I've never actually got an idea of how you dress socially. Oh. Because you come in feeding him. Dressed like a pauper when you come in the morning. Oh, it says you. Look you like you wear the same well, rain the jacket. Gear, mate. Do you ever wash that thing? 
Sorry. Does that thing ever get washed? That nah. that Nike swoosh is looking decidedly. I'm still getting paid by Adidas to wear the Nike. You realise <laughs> it that. started white, and I reckon it's grey. <laughs> you wash that thing? Since no, you bought no. It? I try and wear it every second day, so you don't. You wouldn't pull me up. But oh, jeez, oh, he wears it every day. Well, I'm not sure you're in a position to uh, have a crack. But continue. Yeah, and and you know, I just want. Do you have any clothing in your wardrobe that has animals on it? Yes, I do. I've got a shirt. What? I've got a shirt with flamingos on them. <laughs> you have not. No, I do. Don't you dare. Low, low key. Low key. How can the How can the shirt with flamingos on it be low key? Ah, they are small. Be orange or pink? Don't yeah, they? they're small. Yeah, pink. They're small. They're small. So you've the got flam- a shirt with birds all well, over. Where it. are we going with this? Well, a mate of mine rang yesterday, and he he was beside himself basically. But two people. <laughs> Had called out his shirt. I went and had lunch with him about a month ago, and he's a, he's a you know man about town business. So ex- he's up there. It's an you know, expensive he reckons shirt. He's pretty, he reckons he's pretty Swiss-o. and he's got a and, shop. And you know, shops at all the right places. So he wears those sneakers with the white soles and the blue top and all that crap. You know, he's he's right into the. You've got to look right to you know pretend that you're yep. you know, top. Look good, on. feel good, smell good. And I sat with him at lunch oh, a month or two ago. And he sat down next to me in a cream shirt with birds all over it, little tiny birds flying. What's wrong with that? Gold ones, blue ones, red ones, he green ones. Yeah. Long sleeve, short sleeve. I said, sleeve. what are you doing with the shirt? And he said, what are you talking about? I said, mate, that's as bad a shirt as I've ever seen. He said, hang on a sec. You know, I bought it from, boom, you know, like some salon shop. So you've got a, a hard... Cost f- him a fortune. Hard and fast rule, no animals on your well, it just, clothing. They look horrible. Like it's, it's it's stupidity having an animal. Why would you have an animal in your clothing? Never nice when you debut a new item of clothing and you just get smashed, oh. is it? Or it's worse if you debut an item of clothing and walk in and three others have got it on. <laughs> oh, that's true as well. <laughs> Particularly from the female gender, you know, they they walk in and someone yep. else has got the no, dress on there. No. Oh no, that's that's just the that's night, never a good moment. Doesn't the night turn into chaos? You've then? got to go home and change. Off oh, the dial goes and says, oh no, oh there's a doesn't know the woman from Jack right over the other side of the room, but because there's two of those dresses in the room of 500 people, they have to go home and get changed. Okay, so that's your question to me. I've got an early question for you, given you are our expert when it comes to all things Sorry, driving. the reason that came up yes. is because I got a call last night from said person that wears the animal shirt. Distraught. No, yes, because another person oh. sat next to him at lunch yesterday and said, mate, what's So he's doubled down and got another shirt. <laughs> Will it, will it see the light of day again? No, no influence from me. Compl- just said, mate, what are you doing with animals? What, how can you wear that? That might be about to be retired, the you old would bird. Think so. You would think it'll be just a dust cloth to you know, polish the car or whatever these Woo-hoo. days. Owls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a shirt with owls on them. Um, that's your question for me. Yep. My question for you, because you're an expert to all thi- uh, when it comes to all things driving and long-haul trips. I'm running the gauntlet again on the fuel, just down to the flashing brick, the sport of kings, but... <laughs> What's going on with the fuel pricing? Brooks and I were talking about this earlier. Has there been a surge? Well, yeah, but some, and people will educate us on this, some petrol stations are rolling with $1.67 and others are rolling with $2.15 and seemingly nothing in between. So are we in the mm. middle of a migration at 2.15 and some are a bit slow on the uptake? Because that is a big gap. That is a big gap. So I need to fill up and I'll be searching for the $1.67. What yeah. is it? The 2.15 our, our Christmas pricing, is it? No doubt. Yeah, well. Merry some, Christmas. To you. Some probably weren't dealing with the right Arabians um, and the wrong Arabians. Yeah. And they haven't finished right. their fuel at that price yet because <laughs> right. they haven't sold as much as the mob 
who have and have now got the cheaper prices. Right. I reckon that's... What the, happened to fuel? Is that the way it works? I, I think that's the way no it works. I have no idea how it works. You do forward contracts and stuff like no that. No idea how it works, how the adjustments work at I the Bowser. I don't you ring up you know, the bloke over in Saudi and say, mate, no. you know, we, can we get next month's order, mate? We need you know, another 4,826 litres. Well, our recommendation, our recommendation this morning, and it's thanks to Charlie Battisti and Co, Melbourne's finest facility for the repair of prestige German vehicles. Get your repair process started. Is just make sure you check the price before you wheel in the uh, the people mobile yeah. to fill up because there's some big differences getting around at the moment with the pricing. Uh, good morning, Simon. Why didn't England have Zach Crawley in their World Cup team? Batted well last night. He did. He made his debut for the Scorchers. Mm. Jeez, we'll get into this a little bit later on. He plundered 65 off 46. Aaron Hardy at the other end, 85 off 45. But what about the score that Zach Crawley's countrymen made in the Windies in their T20 clash? I think to level that series 2-2. The Windies have done well in that series. They have. I think they were. Tore them up, did they, last night? But England hit back. Oh, they hit 267. Wow. 267 for the loss of three wickets, 20 overs at the Brian Lara Academy. So there you go. Uh, small oval. Well, it might have been, but still 267. What did is, the Windies reply with? Uh, 192 in 15.3 overs. So they got bowled out for 192 with nearly well, five overs there. They had a real crack at it. And the Scorchers did it easy, by the way. We'll detail this a little bit later on. They cruised. Is it going to be hard to beat oh, Cruise time. Um, what, for the loss of one wicket, chasing mm. 173, I think, against the Hurricanes. So... Uh, We'll get to that match a little bit later on. Christian's in Frankston, though. He might be able to educate us on fuel pricing and what is going on out there at the moment on the eve of Chrissy. G'day, Christian. Hey, boys. How are you? What, what, do, you, what do you know here? Well, uh, 7-Eleven. Get on the 7-Eleven app, and they have a deal where you, it's like the six closest or the, you know, the closest uh, 7-Elevens around the area. They give you the cheapest price. Right. So, and what I remember it, one time, I mean, it was like two bucks. And ended up getting it for like a dollar eighty six because the one around the corner was a dollar eighty six. So, so do you know what it is at the moment, Christian? A question with that notice? Oh well, I just went. I just went past um, the one in Karingal, and that was a dollar ninety two or something. Oh, right. but then I went past the Caltex. That was two dollars and fifteen. Yeah, two fifteen is the so, high water mark at the moment. But I reckon you can still find a couple of dollar sixty sevens out there. Anyway, happy happy hunting if you got to fuel up for the. For the trip. Merry Christmas, Christian, and good on you. Appreciate you you're joining us on the open line this morning. Um, how's Turkish football slash soccer going? Have you seen that? Oh, the the <laughs> chairman punched the ref. Yeah, well, that did happen. There's a sequel. There was another one. So the, the whole league shut down, you'll remember, after that. <clears throat> they shut it all shut it all down for and a week. Him, like, all these yep. president came up. And president terrible. most unhappy came out and punched the ref. Mm. And that can't be. And, and anyway, the Turkish Football Federation, whatever they're called, suspended all competition for a week. On the first game back overnight, the resumption What's happened? of the league. What's happened? We're into the second half. A chairman's not still around. A decision someone's not happy with. <laughs> chairman comes down onto the field of play. No. This time doesn't strike anyone, just simply says, boys, come with me. We're off. We're no. leaving. <laughs> Done the Sunil Gavaskar. Protest, match abandoned. First game back. What is I going think on? To take the boy off. <laughs> what is going on over there? This is a crazy. Yeah. Didn't like a decision, boys. We're taking our bat and ball, and we're off. We're going home. That's no good for the world game. <laughs> good for the world game. Well, it can't be the world game now because they're not playing in Turkey. World game in trouble in Turkey. It would appear. Um, jeez, a slap for the world game. Mm.
Turkey slap. Franco Cozzo has passed away. That's sad. 87 years of age. Yep. Furniture King of the West. Grand sale, grand sale. Oh, great ads, weren't they? Oh, well, Grew speaking of that, those ads, I did ads. too. Have a look. This, this is, this is, 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 let's go down memory lane. Grand sale, grand sale, grand sale. We are in Brunswick and Footsby. Franco Cozzo, I have the pleasure to present to you direct from Italy. Bedroom, dining room, a wonderful lounge. Why don't you come for yourself and have a look at this magnificent Italian furniture? <laughs> Amazing. And tasted yeah. furniture obviously changed, but what a mm. he was a would you he's been described as everything, but a cultural icon was one of the most the symbol of multiculturalism in our, in our state of Victoria for a long, long time, wasn't he? Yeah, he I, I remember it, and, and he was fantastic. Like I, I used to love those ads. Was it Stan Cash, the Tin Shed Cowboy? Stan Cash, yeah. He had, you know, like quirky ads like Franco had too. Th- there was no quirkier ads going around than Ken Bruce. Do you remember those? Ken Bruce. Ken Bruce has gone, gone completely mad. And he had a bird sitting on his shoulder. You couldn't he? do them anymore. My mates, we send them around. Seriously. How they got to air? If they went to air now, they'd be it'd be it'd go all the way to an inquiry, a federal parliamentary inquiry. They are a disgrace. What are what are the oh, great ads Ken people Bruce remember? Has gone I, completely I'm mad. Sure, I'm sure they're in masks. Family or no? They've got masks with zips on. Seriously, <laughs> terrible. What um uh there was, there was, uh, what was that uh, music clip by? Was it Robert Palmer? Yeah, where, where, yeah, where the ladies are in the background. And, and he had the pencil, yeah. <laughs> massive. Pencil. Oh. All the ladies in the back, uh, chuffing like yeah. a train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just all that stuff. Tommy is in. Oh, uh, Tommy's dear. in Turin. Uh, Tommy, welcome to you. Good morning, boys. How are we going? Ah, uh, we're well. How are you? Good, good. Thank you. Um, rest in peace, Franco Cozzo. Yes. Uh, got a got a joke. Um, what did Franco Cozzo say when he put his foot in a tin of grey paint? When, what did Franco Cozzo say when he put his foot in a tin of grey paint? Uh, what did what did he say, Tommy? Ah, my foot is grey. <laughs> Very, Very good. That's almost as good as the goal as the goal umpire one. The goal umpire one. Remember What's that? The goal umpire one. Well, I can't really say it on air. Why? Be, I'll find a way to. How big Blame is me? How big is Franco Cozzo's? You know what? But I'm Brunswick. <laughs> <laughs> what else can I? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, but I live not too far away from the old showroom. His main flagship there at, uh, at Footscray, yeah. just over in Seddon. Road. And uh, it's on Buckley Street, I think, Footscray yeah. is this specific address. But um, they're turning it into a, a Moondog, the brewing company, are turning it into a massive multi-level brewery. Yes. So I'm not sure if that's good, bad, otherwise, but it's prime real estate. What it is about, about you and breweries? Oh. You always end up close to breweries. <laughs> We're surrounded You're by married them. married in a brewery. We're surrounded by them. Surrounded by breweries. Yeah, Bavarian's another one that I've... brewery that's just popped up I think around Bav- the corner. I think, Bav- I think it's in Kingsville or Yarraville, Bavarian Brewing. Yeah. It's just opened up as well. So, um, Adam, Sam, I fill up fuel every two days at $1.67. It will turn without notice. Why would you pay two fifteen? That's coming through. And Dean's wishing us a Merry Christmas. Good on you, Dean. He's hoping the 49ers can go all the way in February. They are Chris. Looking good, the 49ers. Are looking very like good. It. What about the Eagles got rolled the other day as well, which is a shock? Uh, Chris saved 18 bucks when uh, I filled up yesterday. And there is an app called Petrol Spy. There you go, Scoot.
absolute lifesaver that shows prices at all the different servos. Mm. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? My word, it is. Save a lot of money if you get the fuel right. Like, I've got a Prado, and like it's two hundred and fifty bucks to fill it. How good's technology, though? Like, you know, petrol spy. Speaking of tech. Tech. I love tech. Actually, on the other side of the break. I have a clue what it does, but I love tech. Your wife, your bride, Beck, she's all over the tech. What? And she's applying it to snake prevention, is she not? <laughs> I want to get to the heart of this. She's turned to technology to keep the snakes away from your new property. I had a tiger on the back step. Well, it's not time. A ti- not a, not a you know, big tiger. It's time to bring in the devices. Raw. Time to, bring in the de- time to bring in the devices, I reckon. Uh, um, uh, SEM Breakfast is to Melbourne Airport the Parking. Step. I don't know what happens. Nothing, nothing beats Melbourne Airport's Terminal Parking book online, summer and country old, racing. You had a heart attack. Visit country.racing.com. And look, uh, we are a little bit sad today, and, and we have got some long faces, at least some of us, because it is Scoob's last day oh, with us. On summer breakfast, break, and uh, he's uh, he's leaving us, so yeah, we want to pay cheddar. tribute to him today. Uh, stiff cheddar. Uh, we'll be back on the other side as we count down with Simon O'Donnell and Christmas, and with you, of course, on summer brekkie. Back in a moment. I'm on a struggle with summer brekkie now. Summer breakfast on SEN. Oh boy, we've inadvertently stumbled across some uh, old school commercials that are no longer really fit for consumption, but some classics as well. What about uh, Sikkim Rex? Remember that? Yeah. Ants pants. Yeah, the ants were crawling everywhere yep. and along came the anteater. Yeah, Sikkim <laughs> Could you get away with that now? I don't know. Tucker bag supermarket ad, the car city ad with the crazy bulging eye bloke coming through off the text. What about four gin and tonics, two vodkas and a scotch? Four gin and tonics, two vodkas. Remember that? Five Cougars, thanks. Yeah, five Cougars. <laughs> Lubabeel. Ah, oh, some classics. That's 13, 30, 32. Remember those ads? Oh. You remember the number. I, it's imprinted on my brain. I reckon I could just about do the full Lubemobile ad. Gee whiz. They, Is that the played. Go-Go-Mobile? No, no, no. That's the another ad at all. Love that's the, the old mate on the phone. Yeah. Go-Go. Go-Go. Yeah. G-O. G-G-O. Gorgo. That's right. Goodness me. A lot of these uh, texts coming through as well. Talk about ad shows that couldn't air today. Watch five minutes of Kingswood Country. Oh, boy. Merry Christmas. That's from Shane. Oh, boy. And some good fuel um, recommendations coming in uh, too. The 7-Eleven app getting a lot of love as well. Petrol Spy we spoke about uh, earlier. And a suggestion that maybe Johnny from Epping can replace Franco Cotso in some of those ads as well. That's something... uh... You could do a little later on if you had some empathy with your listeners, which I don't think you do sometimes. Is you should have a save money day, cost of living day. Oh, yeah, that's a good. So idea. I never knew the petrol app. And yeah, there'll be so people will have meat. They'll have let's do it now. Fish. They'll have bread. They'll have ways of saving. You know, like keeping keeping the costs down. You, you've fallen across something here that we'll do this it on a Tuesday. Career. We'll do it for tight ass Tuesday one week. Save doing, money hacks. You'll be doing the tidy arsey stuff without measy. <laughs> I am a slight tight ass. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, goodness me. Uh, Mick, will Simon miss the extra early starts? Don't know how you guys do the breakfast show. He will really miss them, Mick. Uh, he's already missing them, and he hasn't departed the building yet. Um, our mate Brooksy. Mick, I'm counting down. Our mate Brooksy is a pro. Good morning, Simon. Our mate Brooksy's a pro, but he's got to do a best man speech at a wedding tonight. Have you got any tips for... For Brooksy on the best man not. speech, because you got to—it's the most difficult speech I reckon to give because you got to be 
equal parts humorous with equal parts serious. You've got to be equal parts sentimental, if nostalgic. If humor doesn't hit, you're in trouble. So his first the most one, important day and you're about to stuff it up. So his first one's got to be a zinger. Oh, yeah. If he doesn't, if he doesn't grab the room from that first thirty seconds to a minute, how long has he got to grab them? He, because you've done a lot of no, this. He's got thirty seconds to a minute to grab them. So if he goes on with a long-winded first up, you're dead, gone. Right. So if he doesn't, couple of little snappy lines on his on his mate that that gets the room laughing and thinking, oh, this is going to. However, be fun. however, so it's a, loses, it's a, it's a, it's should be an easy audience. People want to laugh. No, they're there for that, positive reasons. That, but they think everyone's oh, happy. No, it's not one of these blokes, a serious bloke. Oh mm. no. So you reckon he's got a sixty seconds oh, tops? Yeah. And then if he's going over five minutes. You'll lose the room. And it's got to be appropriate too because I've been to some (laughs) – I have seen some shockers in my time and I've seen some absolute belters as well. But I reckon the world's worst speech I ever saw at a wedding was the guy clearly got confused and thought he was in an 18th. And he's telling gags about the groom at his younger days. I'm thinking, mate, you have not read the room here. I'm looking at the mother-in-law, grandparents, they are. Mortified. Some of the blokes roll out, you know, the Bucks night story. Yes, no. It's got to be some classy humour. Has to be classy. And, hey, look, in the world of AI, maybe Brooksy will turn to a bit of AI for assistance. Well, it's, it's scary. It, it'll be weighing on his shoulders. I, I would I would think, you know, today is going to be a tough day for him. And, again, when you stand behind that microphone, you look out over the room and you don't win him in the first one, he's dead. He's dead, man. And a Thursday night wedding. A wedding's just any night of the week now, pretty much. So he doesn't have an extra, you know, night to get ready for. It's not a Friday. It's not a Saturday. He's rolling straight into it on a Thursday and night. A few of the blokes are starting to get a little over-refreshed. You know, they're probably looking for him to work a bit blue too. Like, it's a difficult <laughs> You've got to be everything to yeah, everyone. It's a difficult room. Mm, okay. Uh, give us your, If you've got any uh, feedback for, for Joel on how he can navigate uh, this speech, let us know. one 300 736 736 A 40-win stamper. 04 SEM Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For more than 40 years, they've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Time for the news. We've got some prizes to give away as well today. Bataki, the Gazman Voucher, and the Albert Park Mini Golf are still in our hot little hands here. We'll be back after these news headlines. How did that one go, Scoob? Na 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 na. Make those coddies sing. Is that the coddies ad? My dad makes the fruit that goes to coddies to make the cordial that I like best. God, they're all coming back now. Are they great nominations coming through off the tech? Shep, yeah, I think that's where that's where all the fruit was. The SPC. Oh, SPC was in Ard. That was Ardmona, but. Close enough, isn't it? SBC, baked beans, beans and spaghetti. spaghetti for hungry little human beings. Oh boy, this is scary. This yeah. is the power of the jingle, yeah. isn't it? Stay, stayed with stayed me with for you. stayed with me for decades. That's I'm uh... Yes, thanks, Coxie. Never, he's on today, Coxie. He's dangerously on, yeah. which is problems for you on your big farewell day. I uh, think he's got something stored up for I'm you. A... Um, and sorry to disappoint. Yes, sorry to disappoint whoever's uh, asking when's he coming back to summer brekkie. The answer for that is. Don't hold your breath. Uh, Clayton Oliver, he's taking a break from footy, though. Hopefully he comes back. He's uh, left Melbourne's preseason camp early in lawn. Alan Richardson, the head of football at the Demons, said Clayton is dealing with some issues, personal issues at the moment, and the club will continue to support him to prioritise his health and well-being. We'll get into this a little bit later on because the Ds are in lawn, but Clayton Oliver is not. And did I see Stephen May came out of the surf not too good? What happened to him? He hurt himself in the surf. Did he? Yeah. Did he get dumped? 
he might have been, but he was getting assistance out of the water yesterday. Nathan Murphy, that's had a, a positive turn yeah, of events. Yeah, he's been cleared to continue his career by the AFL's concussion panel after suffering his 10th concussion. That was in, uh, obviously, the grand final yep. this year. We saw him subbed out of the game, so that's good news for Nathan Murphy. What do you do there? He's got well, to be taught you, you to get play in front of any... somehow differently, doesn't he? I don't know how. I mean, now the facts are there. Like, what's he, 23? How diff- no, he's older than that. How, how, how much differently can he play? Well, he has to, doesn't he? How can you change the way you play? I don't, I don't no, see. I mean, he's got to protect his own head. Well, like, he, he's, I don't know whether he tucks it in. I don't know what That he was does, just but... a freak accident in the grand final. He's, tw- he's, he's sorry, had he's tw- 10 of them. He's 24. Yeah, yeah, he's had. It's a concern. When you've had 10 of them, you've mm. got to. Do and he, he it, subbed himself out in the grand final after being cleared. So we are so far away from anything close to perfect in mm. that space. Mm. It's alarming that a guy can pass a test. And as he said in the aftermath, he's become very good at doing the test and passing the test, only to rule himself out. That's a concern. This game is a shock. Massimo Luongo has announced his retirement from international football after 45 caps for the Socceroos. Only just got himself back into the into the national team, uh, ahead of some big tournaments coming up for the Socceroos, but he's retired effective immediately. Yeah, good luck to Massimo. The Perth Scorchers beat the Hobart Hurricanes by nine wickets last night, 23 balls remaining. I'm not seeing them get beat, the Perth Scorchers. No, what? They're going to go through undefeated? Well, you know, come the final. Mick Moltas style, I can't see us losing a game. Oh, mate, I, 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 they just look a really good combination. Really? Yes, really good combination. Not just a good combination, a really good combination. Who injured the, Someone injured themselves with a the ball last night for the Scorchers, um, bowling their... F- so they might have some injury concerns. Someone bowled their first delivery. Name escapes me now, but uh, clutched the knee straight away and was was taken from the field. But um, Aaron Hardy batting three. Oh. I think he got 80-odd again last night. He did. 80-odd. 80-odd, 40-odd. Um, yep. Yep. You know, there's some good all-rounders coming out of Perth, let me tell you. Mr. Yep. Mark, Ashton Cameron Turner. Green it was and, Ashton Turner, the knee, the captain. Bowl one ball, clutch the knee. I think he came into the tournament with a knee concern. He just got bought by the IPL. Yeah, well, he's got a problem. So we'll keep an eye on that one. But Berendorf took four for 25 for the Scorchers as well. They've got Jai Richardson there. The wild thing bowled, Lance Morris. How'd he go, Lance? He took a wicket with his first ball. Uh, One for 27 off four for him. So good good. economy rate. T20 for sure. Uh, Australian captain Alyssa Healy says she would like to be there for like that for there to be more tests in the women's cricket calendar, but concedes it's unlikely due to the busy schedule already. And our Aussie women are in India at the moment for the first time in a long time. Mm. Scoop, so that's good. That's good. And we're encouraging you to wear your floppiest hat on Boxing Day as Cricket Australia and the Shane Warne Legacy offer free heart health tests around the MCG from day one to four. It's a day of nostalgia here with Scoop moving on. So give us your old nostalgic ads. Yeah. Give us some old jingles, please. I wouldn't mind going down memory lane with some of these commercials. How'd you go with your dog? I'll tell you about that after the break because it's happening today. We need to get to the Wilson Quiz. Whoa, it's up after this. We've got to set you off with a Wilson Quiz, Scoob. Boxing Day Ah. test theme. Boxing Day test theme. That's okay. It's just a little bit of, just to whet the appetite. one 300 well, it goes back a fair way, Scoop. one 736 736 40 Wings Temper, 043-98-1116. Back with the Wilson after this. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Here we go back. Wilson! I'm sorry! I'm sorry, Wilson! 
Now, don't worry about Bad Santa or any other movie you watched yesterday. Just get around to watching Castaway. Wilson, they've been making game-changing sporting equipment since 1914. Get that on your bucket list, Scoob. We've got the quiz today, the Wilson quiz. Now, the prizes today, Simon, we're just adapting on the fly here. We're going to roll in the Gazman voucher, which is not too shabby, 100 buck voucher. We're going to roll in the well, Albert well, Park sure. Mini Golf uh, Family Pass as well, something to so you can be clothed for Christmas and you can take the kids out uh, over the school holidays for some fun, play some mini golf as well. So that's the prize today, Scoob. And it's a Boxing Day test theme. Theme, that, that's what it is. There's a bit of multiple choice. There's a bit of true and false. And there's a bit of, you know, come up with the right name. So uh, it, it's interesting quiz to... Um, Degree of difficulty? High? Low? Oh, no. Seven. Okay, seven, seven. out of ten. Gets a bit tricky uh, as we uh, get down the list. Tim joins us from Brighton. G'day, Tim. G'day, Scoop. How are you? Good. Tim, how many wickets did Scott Boland take in the second innings? In the 2021 Boxing Day test against England. Now, that was his debut. How many did he take in the second innings? Was it, I'm thinking, uh, was it eight? No, it wasn't, Tim. Let's go to Jim down in Geelong. G'day, Jim. You there, Jim? Morning. Jim, how many wickets Scott Boland in the second innings in the 2021 Boxing Day test against England? That was his debut game. Uh, I got two. No, no, it was more than that, Jim. Jason joins us from Elstonwick. G'day, Jason. You there, Jason? Yeah, g'day, fellas. Yeah, Scott Boland, second innings, Boxing Day Test 21. It was his debut game. How many wickets did he take? Uh, I'll say six. Yes. Six, quite right, Jason. Six for seven. Build a man a statue, Simon. In which year was the first test match played at the MCG for a Boxing Day Test? Now, Jason, I'll give you um, I'll give you three choices here: 1940, 1950, or 1960. Uh, I'll go with 1960. No, Jason, falling short. Trent from uh, Tasmania. G'day, Trent. Morning. In which year was the first Test match played at the MCG called the Boxing Day Test? 1940 or 1950? 50. 50 is right. Trent, what is the name of the medal given to the player of the match for the Boxing Day Chest? The Johnny Muller medal, the Alan Border medal, or the Don Bradman medal? Uh, the first one. Yeah, quite right. <laughs> A. A. <laughs> Very good, Trent. Stuff. Good work, Trent. Uh, true or false here for you, Trent? Ricky Ponting's 257 runs against India in the 2003 Boxing Day Test was the highest score ever for a Melbourne Boxing Day Test match. True or false? Oh, I'm from Tassie, so I'll say true. <laughs> yeah, well, stay down there, Trent. We go to Johnny from Craigieburn. G'day, John. A bit rough. G'day there. How are you? Good. Um, I reckon that'll be um, false. Yeah, I reckon it will be false. Graham Yellup, he made 268 against Pakistan in 1983. Right, John, here we go. This is uh, for the prize pack. Which Australian batsman made 200 runs against South Africa? Oh, fair to go. In last year's Boxing Day test. Who wrote this? 
Even though we all don't love him, Davey Warner. Yeah, well done, John. Johnny. Oh, no, there were some hard ones early on. (laughs) I wonder you'll absolutely butcher that speech tonight. (laughs) Hey, Johnny. Well done to you, Johnny. You get the Gazvan voucher and we'll get you the the family pass for the Albert Park mini golf as well. This is meant to be the hardest question. Something potentially for yourself for Gazvan or would make a nice present as well. So nicely done, Johnny. Um, He bided his time and he came in nicely. For over a century, Wilson has led the way in innovative sporting goods empowering every human to live like an athlete. Well, just on Brooksy's speech, he's got some advice off the 40 Wings temper, 0433981116. I would say don't go with this, but this texter did. Go humour, says double one zero. I did one where I proposed a toast and I pulled out a toaster, chucked some bread in it and set it up before saying, oh, bugger, not that toast. Oh, Oh. I'm always opened up on a Talk peach. About losing the room. Who was the, who that? Who's that coming from? No, no. I've always opened up on a peach. With I was always taught if you can't be funny, be brief. Normally breaks the ice. It's coming through from Mark. So yeah, got to come out with a good line, even if it's not factual. Just make it up. Just something. You've just got to. You've got to grasp the, the room's got to warm to you immediately. Oh, remember Louis the Fly. Fly. Louis the Fly. The old ads, Louis the Fly, yeah. <laughs> Lumabil, pick apart, just pick apart, pick apart. Disease with the greatest yes. of ease. Straight <laughs> from rubbish, tip to you. Don't leave that car just sitting in a heap. Come to pick apart where everything's cheap. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How about a tip? A tip? Be good to your mother. Huh. Oh, the HBA ads come up a few times as well. Crocodile came up, bit my guts out. Legs went that way. Head went that way. Get involved on the tip of 40 weeks text. On your Temper Pro, Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Tempus, Temper, even. They're a mattress like no other. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Welcome back. Summer Breakfast, Sam and Scoob with you. Hey, Simon, our first guest today um, is a plumber by trade, but he's also a passionate supporter of athletics. And after our chat yesterday about memberships and clubs to join, well, Dominic Condello reached out. Now, Dom is the director of the Victorian Athletics Club, which has a big, big summer ahead of it. And Dominic joins us on the line. Welcome to SEN, Dom. Appreciate your time. No worries. Thanks for having me on. As I said, you come after the backdrop of talking about memberships and clubs. Now, you are, you've are you been involved in athletics in this state for a long, long time. Um, it's your passion in life, isn't it? it? It is. It is. I'm actually involved. I'm on the board of the Victorian Athletic League, which uh, everyone would mostly know about Stall Gift, but the Victorian Athletic League sort of like overruns that and it, it controls a lot of the other uh, pro-running race meets over the summer. So those listening uh, this morning, and some will be familiar, some will not, what sort of calendar of race meets have, have we got and where do they go over the summer? Do we go here, there and everywhere? Yeah, we do. We, we, we follow the state, as in the Victorian Athletic League. Uh, we are actually trying to push on for a National Athletic League and work in with South Australia, Queensland and Tasmania, but that's in, in its infancy. But the Victorian Athletic League has been going for about 140 years in line with um, the stall gift, and, and we range from basically... Oh, November to Easter, where stall, where the stall gift is held, and we we have it all over the state. For example, this on the first of January, we've got Maryborough gift, which is a classic in our in our sporting calendar, and we started off with Mortlake and Cobden, and we've got um, city meets such as Essendon, Ringwood, uh, Frankston. Then we go out to Rye, basically everywhere over the yep. state. So you're you're the pro runners, Dominic, aren't you? Or is it amateurs, Dom? Or is it both? No, it's both. It's both. So so we have a lot of amateurs that come along to, to pro running. Yeah, we are pro running. So we run slightly different to say actually it's Victoria. We run 
our sport is based on handicaps and stuff like that. It's just like a bit like horse racing. But, I mean, our quality of athletes ranges from uh, local runners to, to Olympians and, and uh, ex-world champions, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah. and considering there's, a, there's a Paris coming up next year, we've got, I don't know, Jack Despard, Jake Despard, Jack Hale, Bree Masters, Jack Doran, Mia Gross, Anna Bassett, Morgan Mitchell, Kendra Hubbard, McSwain, Ebony Lane, some juniors, Jack Bolton, Dalapakwali, Ryan Tarrant. All quality, world-class athletes, and they run in the pros as well. Yeah. So is this a mixture of, like, where these meets are? Is it some grass, some track? Uh, it's 95% grass. That's probably what our sport is known for. Yep. Um, with grass running. So we wear longer spikes, et cetera, 15 to 18 mils, as opposed to the track. But um, uh, absolutely fantastic sport. Involves everybody. Uh, and, and another shout-out for some Olympians as well. Kiara Rodinguez and Bree Walker currently came fourth in the World Monobob, and they're going for their second Olympics in uh, Cortina in Italy next year as well. And they're, they're pro runners as well, and they're winter Olympians in the bobsleigh. Yeah, so gee whiz. Uh, Dom, there's some really, really good athletes here that you can get up close and, mm. and have a look at. So for those who might want to get along, if they're on holidays down the peninsula or uh, back home uh, for, yeah. for Christmas, I mean, where do people go to find a, a central point for, for the schedule if there is? Yeah, there is. There's a central report on our website. Just go to val.com.au and, and check it out. I mean, like the professional websites, we're a professional sport. Yeah. And for those also who like to have a bit of a listen, each week we have a podcast that we run called Walk to Your Blocks. Like. With, um, Australia's best race caller in pro running in Oliver Worm and Keely Henderson and myself. Keely Henderson also a two-time finalist in the store gift as well. So there's, there's lots. There's lots of people to get involved in. Uh, we've got we've got thousands of uh, people who are joined with our sport. For example, we have three thousand people come along to watch the Essendon Gift. We have politicians come along. We have uh, AFL players. So so we we try to encourage all levels of the community. Um, for example, the economic benefit um, say for like Mortlake from last year to this year was a hundred percent seven percent increase in spending in the local town. So it's all about engagement and. Um, getting communities involved, local, in the city, and in the countries all over the state. Dom, we love it. So val.com.au for the for the summer schedule. Hey, we wish you well with it, mate. I'm glad we could get you on this morning. Yeah, no worries. Don't forget to listen to Walk to Your Blocks and you'll be able to listen and, and get a better understanding of how the sport goes. That's the podcast. Good on you, Dom. Dominic Condello there, the director at the Victorian Athletics Club. These are great. These summer sports school that you can get along and watch and get up close. So what about this text from Ash while we're talking? You had to say to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun to get your one-day cricket poster from Macca's. There you go. And if you couldn't, you no poster. There you go. Wonder what the difference is running on grass to one, running on what they run on, say, in the Olympics, time-wise. Oh, it'd be a fair bit, I'd reckon. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, longest, uh, surely. Yeah. Because Tom was plugging, uh, Dominic was plugging the grass. Event. I didn't get time to ask him. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what it's about. We wanted to give well, Dom a great. platform to Good. to shine a light on his, uh, his sport that what he's was passionate the podcast about. Again? He, Walk to, to your do... blocks. What about that? Uh, my blocks on my washing machine are fine. For those who are asking, I think the washing machine is just on the blink. So we've taken Scoob. Well, we've taken Beck's advice. We will get a new one. We're just going to get through to Boxing Day sales. So at the moment, when we fire up on the spin cycle, boy, oh boy, I reckon you can hear it the next suburb over so at the moment. You. Just want to get a new one? Yeah, I think so. Going new. I think so. Yeah. Uh, by the time I call the guy out, get it repeated. Oh, I wanted to. I don't know everything, Scoob. Unlike you, so I wanted to canvas some opinion, and I've canvassed that opinion, and I've made what I think is a more informed decision than simply throwing darts at the board.
All right. You happy with that? Okay, we'll get the news headlines. The good oil's up after that. Summer Breakfast on SEN. The Good Oil for Cobram Estate. Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil. Grown, harvested and first cold pressed in Northern Victoria. Welcome along. Summer Breakfast. Sam and Scoob with you. Sam Edmonds, Simon O'Donnell. Scoob's farewell is today. I uh, hope you, your day has started very well as we count down to Christmas. Four sleeps to go. Now, Jared Healy knows a lot about a lot and he loves talking about footy. He's not going to talk about, well, not a lot of footy with us today. We wanted to get him on to talk about the Sydney to Hobart yes. scoop. He's done 10. Well, at least he started 10. He's only finished eight. And I reckon eight times out on the water on some of those super matches, you have some stories to tell. I'm often fascinated by the Sydney to Wouldn't Hobart. you be watching the weather on oh. the lead-in, thinking, oh, come on. And what those men and women go through out there is brutal. Uh, Certainly not my cup of tea. I don't know about you, Scoob, but I I wouldn't last two minutes on one of those things. Be seasick for sure. Uh, And in a bad way. But Jared's done a stack of them. The thing I need to get to sailing is Rod Stewart's song. Sing it. (laughs) He's good. He's good. How did he have that ready, eh? Unbelievable. Ben Davies going to join us, the Seymour Lions coach, because uh, Seymour made a big, big signing bringing our favourite son, I think we can call him, David Mundy, Fremantle Dockers, games record holder, All-Australian best and fairest winner. Back to that club for some games next season. How many? We'll have a chat to Ben about that. Uh, and Luke Sil- Silkenator, what are we What are we cooking with Luke no, today? No, surprise packet. You know, it's Christmas, surprise packet today. Potluck? Yep. Okay, Luke's going to join us. Uh, his final edition before Chrissy. Questions without notice to come as well. But the good oil... I wanted to take you to Lawn, where the news uh, was brought to us by Channel 7 and Mitch Cleary yesterday, Simon, that Clayton Oliver had uh, had left the Melbourne uh, football camp due to some uh, personal medical issues and, and left the team to get back to Melbourne. Now, I saw the tweet from Mitch Cleary yesterday reporting this. Now, I... No, I, I haven't seen that. I, it just right. simply stuck to the facts. But I, I, um, I'm probably going to get smashed for this as well. But I, I, I was just astounded by the journo bashing in in the in the tweet. The negative journo bashing of Mitch Cleary for simply reporting that Clayton Oliver's left training early. Now, the, a lot of those replies were of a mind of, oh, get out of his rubbish bin. Oh, do we need every single part of his life dissected and discussed? He's clearly got some issues. Do we have to keep, leave the man alone? The poor guy, yada, yada. So Clayton Oliver's a star of the game and he's gone home from a key camp early due to personal medical challenges. That, that's just a story that has to be told, documented. It's just news. I don't, I don't think it's crossing the line. Melbourne did end up putting a statement out. Now, just because some of us might have story fatigue on this, and which is completely fair enough, or you're sick of something, then then don't watch or, or don't listen. Don't You don't have to attack the guy. Like I was quite... I find it so fascinating the way society reacts to certain stories, Simon, and they're they're really interesting and people are engaged in them because they're significant until they decide they've had enough and then we're all outraged. But at the end of the day, Melbourne have got an ongoing problem with, with Clayton Oliver and he's got a problem that he needs to get to the bottom of himself. Uh, who spoke from Melbourne yesterday? Alan Richardson, the head of football, released a statement. No one spoke as such. And that, that statement from Alan Richardson said, 
Um, Clayton is taking a break as he continues to deal with some issues. We are continuing to support Clayton and managing his program in a way that prioritises his health and well-being. His teammates and staff remain confident he is making good progress. So this departure one day into a four-day camp came only what, days after Gary Pert said, uh, I think at the AGM, that Clayton's in a really good spot. He's making good progress. His teammates and the coaches are happy with him. So this is clearly a setback of sorts, unfortunately, for uh, for the star midfielder at Melbourne. Mm. Tough one. Tough one. He's obviously got s- some issues, and, and you're seeing enough of them now, enough, you know, of, of I, I suppose, um, the club saying one thing and then something else happening. Mm. So, so obviously there's things that happen and happen quickly. I mean, it's, it's on the I line, isn't it? Because these are medical, that. these are private and they're medical issues. But I, I just... That if you just stick to the facts and and state that a, a key player has left a training a four day training camp after barely a day, well, I mean that's just isn't that not a story? Isn't that not something that no, needs that, to be? I, I think, but that's fine. I, I don't, I don't think that's I don't think that's an issue. He leaves, he's gone. Um, the club makes a statement. Mm. The, the the problem is no one believes that. From a journalistic point of view, no one believes what the club told tells you. That's the problem. Oh, I think we do in this case. I mean, but Gary Melbourne Perth have been told a, you three days ago he's in a yeah. fine in a great spot. Well, place maybe and he, now he's gone home. Maybe he has so been. You sniff a story, but it's a day-to-day, week-to-week proposition for this guy. Unfortunately, Clayton Oliver, who um, look, it must be said as well. This is not a new issue, as as was canvassed to us here at SEN with, with Gary Pert and Simon Goodwin when they joined uh, Gary Lyon and myself uh, a couple of months ago. Now, this is something that has come to, come to light publicly in recent times, but in fact is an issue that Melbourne have been dealing with for a number of years now. Um, I do wonder, though, like, uh, you know, if the media weren't there, clearly the statement doesn't come out, does it? Because they do their best to – there's no point highlighting we, we, anything. We discussed that, this the other day. I mean, you know, it's, it's – when's a story – you know, like – I, I, this is the Bailey Smith stuff. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's some people have one opinion and, and others will have a, a, another. Mm. And look, I think that can only be good. These things need to be, you know, reported one because you know, reporting these things is a big part of the game. On the other side, is there's there's the protection mechanism for people within those systems, and whether that be family or friends, whatever it might be. So. We're never ever going to have a perfect world. It's such it's a hard. Never going to be a yeah. perfect world, and it's such a wrestle for Melbourne, who obviously gave him an ultimatum during the trade period. You know, you either conform to what we're doing here, or we will explore trading you. Now, in the end, he made a commitment, but they've since stressed with him that there are standards now that you need to adhere to in terms of behaviour and levels of professionalism, and and the time for perhaps making allowances in the past for him are now a thing of the past. But notwithstanding, they also want to and need to support him. So it's a it's a carrot and the stick all the time with Melbourne. Support him, but have to discipline as well. Support him, but have to. He has to be beholden to the same standards as his teammates. Otherwise, the team ethos is not worth Outside the paper that it's written in, on. Gary Pert saying, "AGM, great space, really good space at the moment." And then a number of days later, mm. leaving a camp early, uh, radar goes off. Gee, you know, this is. This, this is a serious issue. I don't know what the issue is, but you know, Melbourne, I've no doubt, will be doubting it, will be doing their best and supporting him as best they can. Well, it's a, but that says to me yeah. there's, there's, there's a problem. Now, whose business that problem is, I don't know. Mm. You know h- how big is his issue and you know, how public should that be? And, and that's, that's the bit that will we'll always go into, into grey areas where people will have differing opinions. Yeah.
Yeah. Well, it's clearly Melbourne's issue and Clayton's issue to deal with. Now, I wonder, again, we are hypothesizing here, which is a slippery slope, but this will be Melbourne's last commitment prior to a break. So how do Melbourne feel without Clayton under their tutelage? So off on leave, I mean, they'd have to be a little bit nervous as to how things might play out for him over the summer weeks when uh, he's largely left to his own devices. A ferocious trainer, all those things, that's fine, a superstar of the game, but at the moment battling some real personal medical issues that they would have to be a little bit nervous of, Melbourne, That um, particularly when he's outside of their uh, you know, view, if you like. So it's something that, um, look, whether people would, like it or not, he's going to be a story going would you forward. Let your, would you let your key personnel be out of your view? Well, you have to because it's written into the CBA. They, these players are entitled to their leave. No, they can have their leave, but... but is, oh, well, you have a spy. Talk, no, someone not talk... <laughs> But, oh, I'm sure his teammates like, and everyone will be checking in with him yeah, all so, the time. So, I mean, he's not out of the club's view. He, uh, he's firmly in their view. Yeah, but he's not reporting in for work, logging on in a day-to-day. You, you sort of are. You, you're, on, you're not going – I would think a lot of the players from different clubs will still go to their club during their break mm. and do you know, some weights and do runs. Some probably will. Yep. All that sort of thing. So yep. he'll, he'll still be you – know, his contact list and his communication with the club would, would still be really thorough. While they're on that, while they're on that, this isn't the end of season break. This is the hey boys, you're still training. They'll all, they'll all have workloads. They've got to mm. keep up over the next two weeks before they return. Yeah. So they'll, yeah. they'll see him. But yeah, this it smells to me as if the poor bugger's in real strife. Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's what it smells well, he's like. he's in a fight. He's in a fight at the moment, and we we do in all sincerity wish him well. What about um? So so that's the negative. What about the positive? What about Christian Petraka? Just as an aside, so they're down there at lawn training. He cleans up the oval afterwards. That's fine. But then some locals come along looking for a photo. He poses up for a few photos. This is after everyone's long left. Mm. And then he has a bit of kick to kick with some of the locals down there as well. <laughs> How amazing is that? that is and these were just young. These were yeah. teenagers and kids come along to meet a superstar, of the, another superstar in the game in Christian Petraka. Well, that is awesome, isn't it? Love seeing that stuff. It goes back to the you know, Maynard having a kick grand final morning yep. with the kids in the park yeah. and the dog. Like, <laughs> yeah. The players are, in general are fantastic, aren't they? They are. No, they really are. Absolutely. Nathan Murphy, um, he's been cleared to continue. This news became official yesterday. An expert concussion medical panel cleared him in conjunction with the Collingwood Football Club. As you said, Scoob, he's got an extensive concussion history. His latest setback was this year's grand final, the win over Brisbane. He was collected by Lincoln McCarthy's shoulder. Now, this was, I mean, this could happen to anyone, both contesting a ball late in the first quarter. Uh, I was there on the boundary. I watched him come off for an assessment. He came back out positive. Uh, had a chat to Scott Penderbury, some other teammates. Yep, I'm in. Got into the huddle and then left that huddle and Craig McRae's speech and um, was then ruled out of the game. And we since learned that actually he ruled himself out personally because he could see things were getting a little bit blurry with the coach. And he thought, no, this isn't this isn't good. I'm out. So he actually passes a concussion assessment and would have continued. And, and that that's an that issue is, in itself. That is a big issue. That, you know, tip of the iceberg stuff on the effects of concussion – whether it be short or long term, the second thing for me is he's. We just checked out. I think he's twenty four. Yep, he's, he's ten. had ten of these. Ten. So, I can you can you remodel your game to to not put yourself as often in well, in those situations? Because his courage is second to none. And I, I just keep remembering him, you know, Jonathan Brown style, running back into packs and things yeah, like that. But it, well, it does. So yeah. How do you remodel? 
Well, he's not. You can't jo- continue yeah. doing this, can you? I mean, he's not Joel Selwood, but he fed. Look, the Lincoln McCarthy thing was unfortunate. The only other time, he, only other time, the other time he was concussed this year was the Anthony Caminiti punch on. Mm. So I mean, well, that wasn't. If, if that was his fault, that was an unusual event. I mean, that's not in the in the the game can't be blamed for that. Neither can his style of it. So there's two relatively freakish situations there, but notwithstanding, they keep happening for him. So. I mean, we're so far from perfect with the process, aren't we, with him? And, I mean, how many is too many? And this is a debate we can't get to the bottom of. We saw Paddy McCartan, obviously, it became too much for him and the medical advice was that perhaps you, you need to look after your long-term. This is your, this is your dream. I mean, even when people tell you the risk you run, you still go and do it because it, you've dreamt. That's everything. From the last I get that too. thing you can remember is I want to be a, you know, play test cricket for Australia or I want to represent Australia or... I want to, you know, play footy at, at AFL level. And, you know, someone says, oh, one more of these, you, you know, or, you know, you should consider whether you go on or not. You still go on. Mm. You, you're not even thinking at 24 years of age what you're going to be doing at 60. Not even thinking. You, you're actually in the moment. Yeah. He was a key fit. So he, he played 24 of 25 games. Like, it wasn't like he was missing every second or third week. And, the only game he did miss was that one after the Caminiti uh, punch on when he was sidelined under concussion. He obviously would have missed if there was a game after the grand final, but uh, but that was that. Um, he did say as well that he didn't doesn't remember a lot of the game from that concussion mm. either. So, geez, it's a it's a worry, isn't it? And everything we know at the moment, of course, with the coroner making the recommendations for the league to adhere to, I think twenty four or twenty five recommendations that uh, that John Kane put to the AFL that they've got a, another month or two to respond to will so, be interesting so the, as well. The AFL have got ninety days to respond. Yeah, so that'll be interesting in itself. What they're willing to accept and not accept, and and what sort of clarity they can provide. One of the key recommendations was limit by twenty twenty five contact at training as well. So that. That would be interesting to see how clubs might go about navigating that. Hey, that uh, training's now so different. You know, uh, um, who were we talking to the other day? They were just saying, you know, you did, just did 400s and 200s and then you pulled tyres and you did this. <laughs> you did. You know, now they actually go, they, they, they go and you know, they're doing match simulations mm. most days. They're, mm. they're in actual physical contact most days. They are indeed. Uh, just while we're, we're talking about all these things, but all I'm being uh, told off the 40 Wings temper is it would be a schoolboy era buying retail, even if it's the Boxing Day sales. And uh, this same texter says, thank, you can thank me tomorrow, but you'd be able to get a new washing machine for 50 bucks at Fowles Auction, Princess Highway. Mm. You ever been to Fowles? Yep. What'd you get? Carpet. Yeah. Yeah. Worth it? Yeah. Worth getting out there? Good. Yeah, my word. Okay. All right. I might have to have a look at that. Yeah. Well, after a... Would Fowls have a washer dryer? Yeah. Go out to Fowls. Yeah, indeed. It's on the way, isn't it? Just about. You'll be a bit emotionally spent <laughs> when you drop the dog off. No, I won't be because I've got to stay calm for the no, dog, I'm told. After you've dropped the dog Oh, then off. I'll be a mess. Yeah, you'll be just I'll a be mess. I'll be an absolute blubbering mess. hiding all that emotion. Yes. It'll just then just come out and yeah. you'll be in Fowls. What Please make it. SEN Breakfast is for Melbourne Airport Parking. Nothing beats Melbourne Airport's terminal parking. You can book online. Summer and Country Racing, visit country.racing.com. There's been a development in the Usman Kawaja shoe situation, Scoob. We'll get to that on the other side. Fantastic. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Interesting debate with Clayton Oliver, and not everyone likes it. Some don't have a problem with it. That's fine. That's the nature of the world. Sam, every story contributes to his health issues, though, says his texter. Diana and Dodie was a story that had to be told. 
that ended well. Well, a slight difference of uh, slight difference of uh, public hounding and media hounding. I think we're dealing with here. I don't think any, there was uh, a cavalcade of uh, press uh, following Clayton Oliver back down the, the down the freeway. What made the Oliver thing worse for Melbourne, though, says Ross, was new player Jack Billings copped the brunt of the questions because Melbourne put him up for an interview first. Um, so some people saying that that probably wasn't uh, the ideal situation either. And, geez, the ads from yesteryear just oh. keep pouring in, Scoop. What about that? Golden Valley Gold. Remember that? The awesome foursome. Peaches, mango peaches. <laughs> Not happy, Jan, coming through. That was one of the great ads, though. It was what indeed. Happens, what about this one I have to read out? I remember working in a service station in Horsham as a 15-year-old, and the local uh, stationery company's ad would come on the radio. I'm now 45, and when I go back to Horsham and tune into the local radio station, the same ad is still being used. That's <laughs> from Shorty in Geelong. Um, Usman Kawaja, this story from Dan Churney um, has just dropped, uh, and he's reporting that Usman Kawaja now, you'll remember, didn't have approval to wear the shoes. All mm. lives are equal, Scoob. So he wore a black armband instead as a, a signal of his you know, message. Uh, Dan Chuny is reporting Usman Khawaja did not have ICC approval to wear a black armband during the first test to mark the plight of Palestinians in Gaza, leaving him open to sanctions from the governing body. Says here, according to to Dan, that black armbands are worn, obviously, routinely by players in all sports to to mark personal or or bereavements or what have you. Uh, But in order to do so, they must have approval from both their home board and the ICC's Cricket Operations Department. There are prohibitions... Uh, Cherney reports on wearing an item that has a, quote, political, religious or racial cause. After repeated inquiries over the space of the week, the ICC confirmed to this masthead on Wednesday night that Kawaja had not been given approval to wear the armband during the test between Australia and Pakistan in Perth. They're not going to sanction him financially for wearing a black armband, are they? Surely not. Uh, if, if, if the rules are he shouldn't, or you need approval. Or you need approval and he didn't get that approval. Of course he should be sanctioned. The, the more we let things just creep, the, the less governing, the less power the governing body has. Mm. I, I, so, so if this needs to be sanctioned, whether it's a $50 fine, a $500 fine, or a $5,000 fine, if, if, that, if, if Usman has unfortunately done the wrong thing, advertently or inadvertently, he, he needs – he cops – is fair whack because you just can't let this keep creeping into the game. That people just keep getting away with things because you're gonna, you're just gonna. In the end, it it doesn't do the game any good whatsoever. Zero good. Surely that's just an oversight on Usman's behalf. No malice would there be? Would did you know that? No, I I'm not sure. Anyone would be free but, to but, wear but, a black. The malice isn't the point. The malice is not the point. The la, you know, um, you know. Again, if it's one of those, if the, if the rules state there's a procedure mm. he has to go through to 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 display his point of view that way, so a fine's he needs fair to enough. Go through it, fine's fair enough. Of course, enough. it is. Is it? If he's broken the rules, that's what it. Okay, it's the way it should be. And the the let the more you let players continually creep past the rules, and you know it's for, it's for the better good. I'll tell you now, it ain't for the better good because in 10 years' time, the game will be a- absolutely lawless from a player's point of view and they may as well wear clown suits. 
Uh, just come back to Clayton Oliver. This text on with Simone. I don't trust Melbourne because they're hiding behind a veil of secrecy and using a medical issue when everyone probably knows what the problem is. Um, you know, it's not being that transparent. Well, for that texter, there's only so far Melbourne can go with this. I mean, this is a personal medical situation, so there's privacy involved with this. I don't blame Melbourne well, at all, that and that's why they're in saying a, that they they want so- everything out there. Oh, well, that's yeah. crap. Yeah, it's I ridiculous. Mean, but but this is the situation Melbourne find themselves in. Service never text again. Yeah, this is the tough situation that Melbourne find themselves in because I think if the player was willing to steer us through everything, and that's his decision and his decision only, then I, I think, oh, look, who am I to media advise him on what to do? But I, I think it would actually help him in the long run. But um, that that's his decision to make, not Melbourne's. Melbourne can't do that for him. Uh, and plenty of people saying, leave Clayton alone. Well, that that's fine as well. I, I just think you stick to the facts with these things. It is a story. I'm sorry. No one's delving through his, um, you know, his private matters or his rubbish bins or any of that sort of stuff. They're not hounding him on the street. Um, this is simply a situation where he's left a, a Melbourne Football Club training event and training camp and Melbourne has seen foot to p- fit to put a statement out and we leave it at that. Um, keep your texts coming through. Are you concerned that the AFL convened panel cleared Murphy? He's safe to return to play along with a club doctor and not an independent expert. Well, I'm not sure exactly who's on the panel um, that would assess someone like mm-hmm. Nathan Murphy, other than they're the experts in the space. So we we are we can only accept what what they're telling us, Scoob. And if they deem him fit to continue, then he's fit to yeah, continue. Correct. Simple and if as he that. He deems himself unfit to continue because yep. I was looking at the coach and he became blurry. Well. Well, that too. He, he deems himself unfit to continue. And clearly it got to the stage, unfortunately, with Paddy McCartan, where it wasn't deemed safe for him to continue, so he has not. And that is, I think from Nathan Murphy's point of view, that's great transparency from him to say, hey, guys, that was all fine what you did. Oh, yeah. Was the, you know, In there is further data to say, okay, do we need to improve well, the testing regime when players are possibly concussed. And did we say this? But at the time he said, I've actually gotten really good at these concussion tests because I've had so many goes at it. Mm. And I know that sometimes I'm prone to getting delayed onset symptoms. So I know my own body. And that was what was happening. So he pulled the pin on a on grand final day as well, which again, extra kudos for that too. So we've got a bit of work to do on that, on that front, no doubt about it. Weather update for City Power, supplying power to homes in the CBD and the inner suburbs, 14 degrees as we speak. Headed for a nice little top of 26 today though. Get involved well, continue to on the 40 Winks Temper text. Your new Temper Pro is Temper's most adaptive mattress ever, and it's here. Temper, a mattress like no other. We'll grab the news headlines and a McCafe coffee and be back in a moment. I hope you're keeping well. Oh, we got a few texts on this, Scoob. 21st, 21st of December. Yes. Happy gravy day to you. You'd make a good gravy, Chrissy Day, wouldn't you? How to make gravy, Paul Kelly. Iconic. Classic. He write it on the 21st of December, did you? Uh, didn't you just hear what he sang? <sighs> Do you make late, a good gravy was, on Christmas Day? I was late putting my earphones <laughs> Sorry. You got a gravy recipe for me? Yeah, you've got to mix in Everything you've, you've cooked, cooked with. with. Yes, I knew you'd say that. All what you've cooked with. You've you got would, to all go in. And the chunky be, bits, the whole lot. Would you be disgusted by the sight of Gravox on the supermarket shelf? Uh, I, I wouldn't if you're in a rush and you haven't got time to oh, you know, taste and you know, put a bit of salt in and this and that. But um, So I'm not – and you can still do Gravox with everything out of the pan. I must admit, I'll do that from time to time. Yeah, I go a bit of both. No Start with there. the Gravox as a base and then throw everything yeah, else in. No problems. 
got with no some problem stuffing. with that. Mm, mm, mm. No problem. And you've already got your water, your, your moisture content in then. No So you, you, the gravy is probably, it's probably better for you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're told here Louis the Fly is making a comeback as well. Is Louis the Fly up no, on he's billboards? He's always or been around. No, he died off. Louis was killed. No, but Louis, no, well, he gets killed every time he comes He was on the pretty telly, much Louis. exterminated, I reckon, but he's making a comeback. I've seen him in a recent oh, ad. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Mates. That's what I'm talking the about. Last he, year, he's back. For sure. He's been back for a while. Oh, come on, Scoop. Never left, the big man. Decoray, you would have used that back in your days as a bachelor. Decoray, yeah. <laughs> unless the burglars took, up. Yeah. Unless the burglars took that as well when they broke in for the 50th I don't time. I think they ever took my shampoo. Never took your Decoray. shampoo. No, I reckon they left that. Banana bolt. Do, 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 do. Banana bell. This was catchy. My goodness. Yeah. This is James Tonkin. I'm in trouble now after that. Oh, oh, geez. What a voice. Who knew? What a voice. <laughs> hey, um, we'll get a break in because uh, on the other side, we want to save as much time as we can. We're going to talk to Jared Healy about, oh, I'm fascinated by this. I've never heard him speak about the Sydney to Hobart. It's one of his passions. Mm. Started 10 of them, finished eight of them. And uh, I'll be down in Hobart. Always watch the boats come in. But the hard work's been done by the Super Maxis then. I want to know what happens out the back. Mm. What happens out in Bass Strait. when they hit the Derwent. No, no. This is easy going then. Yeah. I want to know what happens when the seas are rough and Mother Nature wreaks havoc on some of these things and what they get up to out there. How do they sleep? How do they do it? I don't think they do, do they sleep. sleep? It's only a couple of days, isn't it? Only. Pretty vigorous exercise at times. Swimming along next year. Yes. Oh, Jesus, we hit that week. Any men overboard? Oh. Uh, there's been some fright. Well, actually, there's been some tragedy in the Sydney oh. to Hobart as well. So I'm not sure how far back Jared goes, but that oh. 1998 tragedy was shocking and some changes were made in the aftermath of that. But it's an iconic event and it's coming up. A reminder, Speaking of iconic events, make sure you wear your floppiest hat on Boxing Day. Cricket Australia and the Shane Warner Legacy are offering free heart health tests around the MCG. That's from days one to four. So, Simon, before you go in to put your snout in the trough uh, at the committee luncheon, make sure you get your free heart health test, won't you, okay? Well, I won't get it done afterwards. <laughs> no. We'll be back after this. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Welcome along, Sam Edmund, Simon O'Donnell, Summer Brecky, Scoob for the final time. And you're going out swinging, Scoob, which you have to admire. I mean, you've uh, you've what? upset a couple over the uh, last few minutes off the text. That's okay. That's what it's all about. If you don't like a text, then you're entitled to say don't text him. And are offended. <laughs> I love a big country footy signing, though. I love, and it's the time of the year for these. Now, Seymour. Golden Valley Footy League. You were a big country signing in your day at, <laughs> at Sorrento. Oh, is that country? The Sharks. That's the yeah, only. Yeah, that's the course. only problem with your, your statement. Uh, lost two games in the home and away, out in straight sets. Unfortunately, their twos lost one game for the year. Have a guess which one it was, Granny. So it's been a tough off season. In that off season, I think they've lost a few as well. But then the big news yesterday: the Seymour Lions have signed David Mundy. 376 AFL game player at the Fremantle Dockers, a club record holder, an All-Australian, a best and fairest, a captain. Last step foot in at Seymour as a 15, 16-year-old. And the Seymour Lions coach who gets to coach him next season is Ben Davey. Ben, welcome along and thanks for joining us on SEN. Uh, thanks, Sam. Thanks very much. You know Ben Davey's the most expensive plumber in Seymour. <laughs> 
I wondered if this would come up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, yeah, it's a fair recruit, I have to say. That's a great recruit, yes. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, it's been it's been moving along for a little while. It almost happened last year, but he had a few too many commitments last year. But he was very keen to uh, come and play at his um, his local club, and he's been he's been brilliant, really. I, I've it hasn't been a lot of recruiting by me. He he's been driving it pretty much, so it's been great. Yeah. Then it'll be fantastic to see him. I get to a few of the your games in the Golden Valley Footy League games. Just explain to people the impact that David Mundy has one on your footy club, but on the the league itself and the and the actual games he plays. Mm. Yeah, well, it, it'll be really good. The, the league, um, I've had the the local newspapers up here. They've been. Uh, calling as well, and uh, the league are all over. When it nearly happened last year, they were very keen to to do some publicity around it. Um, Golden Valley Footy League's a, a good league. It's pretty. It's very strong. Up with the the Ovens and Murray's probably a little bit stronger. Um, but we have an inter league with them every year. But the the Golden Valley League's big, wide open grounds, um, really clean footy. Uh, it's Compared to suburban footy, where it's they're, they're smaller grounds and they get very muddy and a lot of use through the winter, the the pristine grounds of the the Golden Valley stay spot on for most of the year. So, um, and, and in terms of Seymour, the the post that went up on our Facebook page last night just blew up. I think when I the last one was about seven hundred likes or something last night at ten o'clock. So, um, and it'd been shared all over the place. So, yeah. Um, for the for the local community and the local footballers, they're they're wrapped. They've grown up watching Dave, and um, he's he's come to training a couple of times over the years, which has been really funny. One bloke was devastated one night when he trained with him the whole night, and then after training, David left, and the boy said, "How good was it to have David Mundy here?" And this bloke said, "Who? Who was it? <laughs> no, oh no, oh, oh I love it." I actually spoke to him, and I said, "Oh, that's a." Great jumper. Where'd you get your Fremantle jumper from? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's terrible. That was gold, yeah. We're talking to Seymour Lions coach Ben Davey. Seymour's just gone and signed David Mundy for next footy season. So how's this going to work, Ben? Because he's based in Perth. He's based in Western Australia. He's flying over for these games. I mean, how many games are you going to have him at your disposal, do you think? Oh, it'll be up to Dave and what he can fit in. Uh, he, he does come over quite a bit through the year for family Um you know, birthdays and celebrations and that sort of stuff. But he's also working with um, a radio station in Perth where he, he comes over to Melbourne for the Frio games. Right. So, so yeah, any games he's going to be over here. Um, we'll try and lock him in as well. Um, but it'll be up to Dave. Like, he's, he really wants to play um, and he's, he's all over his schedule. So... As a coach, um, Ben, I'm conscious you'll be a one-week-at-a-time man, but, I mean, what's the minimum amount of games played to qualify for finals for, for David Mundy? Uh, look, as with all AFL Vic rules, there's, um, there's different rules for every league uh, so and different players for depending where they're coming from. But Dave being a Seymour product, he's a one-pointer for us. Which Gee, that's is, good, isn't it? Um, very handy. Um, he's only got to play three games to be eligible for finals. So, so yeah, he's up, a one-pointer. He's a one-pointer then, Ben. What would Lance Franklin be, just for reference, if he signed for Seymour? What, how many points would he be? He'd be a six. Yeah. Right, that's massive, yep. isn't it? Ooh, that's huge. It is massive, yeah. 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 
Has he requested a yeah. number or what number are you going to put him in? Oh, well, there's a bit of banter going on with the lad who does wear number 16. Uh, he's not too keen to give it up. <laughs> oh, I like it. Hey, Vinny, what you... Might, there might be... Yeah, go on, sorry. Yeah, uh, he might have to enter into some de- discussions with Dave. I'm not sure. So you are, I mean, you're a star in your own right. Um, two flags for Seymour, of course, yep. Uh, 91 and, and 05. You've been a de- plumbing a couple of times. Yes. You've been a development coach with the Kangaroos and, and the Bushies as well. So you, as you touched on earlier, the the, the GVFL is a, is a big league, but country footy in general, what, what sort of state are we in, do you think? I don't want to take you too far down the political Ooh. path here, but... How are we going? And and you're you're on the ground. I mean, you're our eyes on the ground and ears on the ground up there. What, what's the health of it like at the moment? Do you think? Well, it's it varies widely. Uh, the clubs that have put in a lot of work um, around the COVID time seem to be going okay. But a lot of clubs coming out of COVID who might not have had good junior programs or been or set up a real strong community base around their club, they are struggling a little bit and might, um, there's a lot of clubs that if you didn't have a strong junior program, they've, they've lost their, their like under 18 program. Um, and it's really hard to get it back once it's gone, as we all know, but the, the general community football through the Golden Valley is really strong, really strong. Um, and going the, the, the minor leagues might be struggling a bit more and they, they are losing clubs. Um, which is really sad, but it's it's look. You could have this conversation for a long time. Get Greg Madigan on; he knows a lot about mm. it. The new new CEO of AFL Vic. Um, get get him on. Yeah, on. yeah. Ben, I, I as I said, I you know follow the Golden Valley League, and and you know I love the standard of footy that's produced week week in week out. And I think a case in point of what you're talking about there and the challenges of of country footy. You look at a regional centre like Benalla, which is a big regional centre, and it, mm-hmm. its whole football club is struggling, not just its under underage teams, but you know, they're struggling to put a seniors and a second 18 on the ground. Yeah, they've had a tough couple of years, Benalla. Uh, I, think they'll, I think they'll be better this year. They had, a, they had a good crop of under 18 coming through last year, which you've got to have to keep your football club growing. Uh, but they have struggled for a couple of years. They've had a lot of other issues going on as well. So um, every that, that's the thing about, like you talk about metro footy and it's in a, a tight space. You talk about country footy and it's an enormous area and every town has its different challenges. So mm. it's something that not one not one size fits all. Everyone's got different issues, why, why things aren't working. Um, and that's probably what, where you need people involved with the club involved with your league um, so that you can work that sort of stuff out. That's yeah. I'm not going to profess to know exactly how to fix it all, but it, it needs, because there's, it needs some work. Country footy really needs some work. Hey, Benny, before we let you go, we often, and you played up there for a long, long time, we often uh, on this station talk around uh, about great country footy players who for whatever reason didn't make it or chose not to make it, quite unquote, or even those who did. I mean, have you got any names that come readily to mind that listeners would know that you either played with or against that are absolute nailed-on country footy legends? Oh, yeah. Well, the, the one that always jumps up is for Seymour is Saad Saad. Yeah. He was, he was elite. Yeah. Absolute freaking, 
and and he did work hard at one stage. He went to Bendigo Bombers, and Essendon were quite keen on him. But that was probably a bit later. He he sort of missed the boat early. Um, but he was brilliant to watch. I I remember playing with him and thinking you'd be in the forward line, thinking, "Oh yeah, this is beautiful. This is for me." And then you. would I could hear him coming, and it wasn't for me. It was, and he'd be jumping over the top of your head. It was, yeah, he was a freak. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just like a cat on the ground, they, you, you, his vision of it's, there's lots of videos up of him still now. He was, he was a leak, a, a small forward. Yeah, he was. Yeah, brilliant. yeah, he comes through off our text regularly. Yeah, well, so, so. I remember. You know, there were times you watch him play at Seymour, at Kings Park, and you think, oh, he's so far out of position, he's no hope. And as Ben said, yeah. he just used to leap across yeah. three blokes <laughs> and take this absolute specky vertical to the ground. Like, it, yeah. And you thought, how the hell has he done that? Yeah, it was, it was amazing. An absolute freak. Hey, um, Benny, you've signed a freak. It's amazing to get David Mundy on the books, mate, regardless of how many games you get with him. Hopefully it's, it's more than a yeah. handful and you can have a great year with him. And I'm sure just having him in the town will do wonders as well for your recruitment going forward. Uh, best of luck with him, mate. Appreciate you donating some of your time this morning. No worries. Thanks very much, Sam. Thanks, Simon. Ben Davey there. I'll tell you the other thing with Seymour. Mate, their hot dog and their dim sim steamed are elite. Absolutely elite. I just knew you were going to come back to what they had on the menu. We might explore that a little bit further on the other side. Nom, nom, nom. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Oh, geez, you've lit a fuse. As someone said here, Mozza, is Scoob leaving SEN to go to the Food Channel? Uh, Cam says the hot dog's the only way to determine how good a country footy club actually is. Seymour Elite Tucker, but Euroa's as elite. This says here, Gordon, Simon, if you like a Seymour dog, have you tried the ones at Euroa straight out of the old copper? Beautiful. And the burgers are beautiful there at Euroa. Euroa, they have the 44-gallon uh, drums on fire. You know, oh, you stand along there and you just have a quiet one and a dog you know, and a burger. And You've done a few speaking engagements yeah. for the pre-match luncheon at my old footy club, though, over the time. Oh, it goes very good, Sorrento. Yes. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, they're a bit... Did you have them in the pub? A bit elitist? Hoity-toity up there. <laughs> they're a wealthy club, aren't they? Goodness me, they've done well for themselves. For That's the, the tip only of the time pin- Steve Price feels tall <laughs> when he goes upstairs at Sorrento. Footy club. Did Mike Sheehan heckle you? Yeah, yeah. Sheehan heckled me. Yeah. Bernie Barmer wanted to throw me in jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, were all, all, they were all there just belting me up. But, yeah, that was okay. We got through it. Nice. Good on it was you a for, good day. Good on you for getting down there and doing yeah. that. We lost Bernie Barmer for two hours. What do you mean? He's lost. Lost? Yeah. What happened? We're unsure. We just lost him. Just. Well, he lost himself too. They're big lunches, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. They are big we, lunches. We over, all of us over-refreshed. <laughs> We're powered by Kubota here for more than 40 years. We've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. After the 8 o'clock news, G Healy, the Brownlow medalist, is going to join us. I'm not really interested in footy at the moment. I want to talk to him about all things Sydney to Hobart. Great description on here. Sailing veteran. Sailing, but well, he is. Veteran. He's a hardened, crusty veteran of the sea. Jay Haley. Up next. Summer breakfast on SEN. Well, the Sydney to Hobart Yacht Race is an event of international interest, Scoob. It's had finishes determined by seconds. It's had tragedy. It's had staggering race records. But rest assured, it's not for the faint-hearted, whether you're finishing in 34 hours or five days. Now... Our next guest has done a stack of pilgrimages down the coast. 
The Brandlow medalist Jared Healy has taken time out from his holidays to join us. Too kind, Jared. Sam, great to have a chat to you and uh, been good listening uh, with you and Simon over the journey. So great to be on. Oh, it's, an, it's a sad day in here because Simon is leaving us, but it's been good while it lasted, Scoob. Good while it lasted. Jared, where did the passion for sailing yes. come from? I know you've always been a surfer, but where, where did yep. the sailing passion come from? Uh, I'm not sure, Simon. I uh, I grew up just infatuated watching the Sydney to Hobart starts every day, every uh, Boxing Day on the TV. And uh, it was one of those things that I said to myself as probably a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old, a bit like surfing when I was gazing out at 13 all those years ago. I'd love to do that. And I was uh, given an opportunity in the 90s uh, to do it. And uh, just about it. it was actually... Not sure what was in it. There's no, there's certainly uh, no history of sailing in our family. It was just one of those things. So, Jared, I think your first Obert Rings true to you was 1999, which look would be daunting going into one anyway, I'd imagine. But this was the year after the the tragedy, the 1998 tragedy, was where all sorts of things went wrong and people lost their lives. So, with what sort of trepidation did you enter? Oh, a fair bit of trepidation. I mean, it's it's uh, it is daunting and. I, I guess the fact that uh, that had happened the year before made me a little bit more wary, but uh, it was just such a, an ambition of mine. I uh, I was going to go for it no matter what happened. And uh, listening to the stories about that day from guys that were on our boat who'd done significant Hobarts previous to that was uh, on the way down. It was, it was quite extraordinary. Like, to put it into perspective, our Boat, uh, the biggest boat that we ended up sailing on. Our, our original boat was 63 feet, and they cut it in half and put 30 feet in the middle and, and turned it into a, a 90-footer. But uh, the mast got underneath Sydney Hobart by about eight feet. Uh, sorry, the, the mast got under the Sydney Harbour Bridge by about eight feet. Wow. And uh, so it's a pretty significant piece of, mach- of uh, infrastructure. So yeah, you're, you're doing it on the super maxis, aren't you? You're not doing it on the old ten meter, the old ten meter boats. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not sure that would uh, be as exciting. But uh, gee, <laughs> you just you just uh, have great admiration for those guys as you steam out of the heads, uh, knowing that they're about four days behind you. But when we were travelling down, we we were uh, in pre- my first one was in fairly calm seas. We had uh, a trailing wind and we put the spinnaker up as uh, we turned right out of the heads and, uh, and we just cruised down. But uh, on the way down, the stories were told that uh, they were losing the mast, so 100 metres behind one of their, you know, their competitor boats, and uh, they couldn't see the mast. Such was the height of the swells. I mean, there was this, you know, 50 foot swells out there, and it was just quite extraordinary that. Uh, these guys were dealing with it. Uh, they ended up uh, on their boat pulling into Eden after after doing some damage, but uh, they went through some of the worst of it. So I don't think that race would ever start again if they had the same sort of uh, weather conditions. Uh, they took a took a probably a bit of a punt. Uh, they had a bombing low coming off uh, New South Wales and probably should never have started, as uh, as I keep getting told by by the experts. But uh, that was an extraordinary one off, Jared. Couple of days to get down there, or, or sometimes you know less on the big ones. Like, yeah. W- what's the routine? Is everyone just up for that whole period of time, or are you rostered on and off to do certain jobs? Yeah, it's uh, it's very very structured. It's usually three on three off, uh, with three in waiting. So you're three on six off, or it's uh, four four and four, depending uh, on what time of night. But 
But that's through the night. Most of the time through the day, all hands on deck. So if you're not uh, doing anything, you're sitting on the rail, creating a little bit more uh, mm. ballast to uh, to make you go 0.01% faster, which is, is interesting in its own right. But um, jobs are, are dedicated. Uh, so I was basically just a general. I started off, off as a grinder. Uh, so you don't need too much skill to be able to grind, which uh, suited me perfectly. <laughs> But then uh, as grinders became electrified when we got the Super Maxi, I just became a labourer. So carting 250 sails from one end of the boat from down below to the to the front to the front of the boat. And it, it took two or three or four guys to be able to do that. And uh, so everybody used to dig in and, and help when jobs were uh, needed to be done. In fact, there was... There was uh, one period of time where we were pretty close to, to winning. We were coming second and third, and uh, I was asked by Grant Warrington, you know, what what were the little things I'd do if I was going to advise him on how to win this thing? And I said, well, for me, we're, we've got a problem. I mean, most of the crew are your mates from Mornington and guys that just uh, are doing it because they just want to love to do it. But you've got a few guys that are employed, and um, we ended up nicknaming them the Sydney Trimmers. These are the young professional guys who were sitting on the side of the boat trimming sails. And if uh, some job had to be done slopping out the floor or uh, carting a sail, they basically turned their nose up at, uh, up at it and said, no, I'm, uh, I'm paid to trim and that's what I do. And uh, they got sacked that year. And uh, the following year, we ended up having a much better result because everybody was in for the team and everybody was uh, doing anything that they needed to do. And it's amazing the little things that change because of that one particular decision by the skipper. Jared, uh, you mentioned the swell. Like, is there an obvious scary moment if that's not it? Has there been some real hairy moments out there where you thought, what have I done? Uh, for me personally, there has been. There was one time, the second time we went down, it was the complete opposite. It was... Uh, it was a pretty fast trip down. We were going maximum velocity, probably 25 knots, and uh, the boat was keeled right over. It was really super scary. One guy who was a uh, one guy who was an around the world racer. He was he had the boat just lit up like you wouldn't believe. So, yeah, surfing those swells down, and then we got hit by this southwesterly change that came into the bat. Oh, it was probably at its worst, 50 to 60 knots on the nose which is you know 120 whatever it is uh, miles an hour and there were roofs getting blown off uh, off houses in Tasmania and we were steaming towards Tasman Island and it was total whiteout so we didn't I, I couldn't see where we were going and I was looking into the eyes of these professional sailors and I'm thinking oh these guys are a bit nervous so I better get really nervous and um, <laughs> yeah, thing, and uh, we had uh, we had our sail it um we had to pull it down it was we had too much power up and we should have uh, we should have put a reef in the in the sail but uh the, the main sail came out so we, we had to uh, we had to change the main sail and put basically a storm jib up such were the conditions yes. and uh, this young guy casey jones he, he was hoisted up the mast and um he grabbed some spectra and tied up the storm style at the at, you know halfway up the main up the up the mast, and uh, there was a debate going on as to whether this sail would hold or not, whether the whether the fixing was strong enough before we sheeted on and uh, headed back into the wind. Now, what made that really difficult and uh, concerning was that our very early stage GPS showed that we were already 200 metres on land as we 
headed towards Tasman Island. We were so close to this uh, oh. to, to land, we we didn't actually know, and so there was this real concern. There were guys shouting, you know, turn the motor on, no, it'll hold, let's go. We're we're running second or you know, possibly even first. We didn't quite know at that stage, so there was a lot at stake. So once you turn the motor on. Uh, you're out of the race, obviously. So there was this big debate. Anyway, they, they decided that we'd cheat on and put some power into the sail. And fortunately, we, uh, the, the, the fixing held. But as we basically uh, jibed and uh, put some wind into the sail and, uh, and powered off, the, the, the clouds cleared and we were, I reckon, about 300 metres away from ramming into Tasman Island. So I could then see why the uh, the fear in the eyes of the experienced sailors were there. It was it was quite a, a radical uh, a radical tour, probably three or four hours. And as we went around Tasman Island, we got back into the full exposure to the Southern Ocean and um, we hit this fairly significant swell. And the, uh, I was down below at that stage in rest mode and I was sitting next to the, or sleeping next to the guy who built the, the yacht. And uh, we went over this swell and this, you know when you go up in the air and then your, your stomach empties out and you're, and you're coming down and you're just waiting for the crash. Oh, no. When the, when the, when the hull hits the water. Well, we hit the water and there was this God almighty crack and I thought to myself, oh, that didn't sound great. And then I looked at uh, the guy who built the the boat, and he jumped out of bed like you wouldn't believe it. Uh, there was a crack. And fortunately, it was the uh, it was the deck that cracked. It wasn't the the hull. So right. um, now there's pl- there's plenty of scary moments. We got run over by a, a twister once, which uh, was I started in ten and finished eight. And one of the ones I didn't finish was this twister, just ripped the uh, the mainsail straight out of its shooting. So we we were only halfway down. So. Jeez. We uh, we You're had uh, we had uh, it's, it's actually quite. We had a sunfish actually another time where you just oh. you're just cruising down there doing you know, 15, 18 knots, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden this is back, and you think, what the hell is that? Now there's the odd container ship out there, which is the great fear of all sailors. But um, we hit this big sunfish. I've heard of sunfish before. I started doing those Sydney Hobart's, but they're these massive round, big, big discs that uh, can do all sorts of damage. And uh, it knocked our front keel off, which, you know, these boats have the main keel, and then they have this uh, other appendage that sticks out at the front to stop the, the boat going sideways as you go forwards or yawling. And uh, so that went off, and effectively that was the end of our race from a winning perspective. We were in first or second at that stage, and... Uh, we uh, we ended up coming in a, a lame twentieth or something, but at least we finished. Are you sa- you're saddling up this year? I'd love to be. I mean, I really do miss it. Uh, but no, I'm uh, I'm off the circuit these days. I haven't done one for about uh, six or seven years. I know Grant Warrington. He missed a couple, but uh, he he's off a new boat, uh, another hundred footer, along with a few of his mates, and uh, they're saddling oh. up. So you know, every year, and uh, I I always follow it. I get on the website and pull it through the night. Jeez, Jared. I, I remember. Uh, I remember the, the late Patrick Smith used to always uh, bag, and I was a great fan of Patrick's, but he had no appreciation for the Sydney to Harbour. Said it was a rich man sport. Well, there's about one rich man for every thousand bloke who's just out there having a crack. It's uh, it's a fantastic time, and uh, it's I've got full of admiration for all the sailors. 
You know, likewise. We could talk to you about it for ages, to be honest. It's uh, it's incredible no, to, to get it done. I mean, I get seasick in the bay, uh, let alone getting out there. <laughs> <laughs> let alone getting out there. Unbelievable, Jared. Hey, great to talk to you about all things City to Hobart, man. And uh, are the holidays treating you well? I mean, what are you getting up to? Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to get fit again. I'm doing a nice. little bit of surfing, although uh, there hasn't been much. You're better off out of the pool at this stage. Uh, there's been all these shocking southeasterly winds. Good for sailing, but not much good for surfing. But, yeah. Uh, and doing plenty of chores that are on the list. Well, mate, uh, have a great Christmas. Really appreciate you taking time out of it all to, to, to join us, talk all things Sydney to Hobart. And uh, we'll see you in the new year back on Sports Day, of course. Merry Christmas, everyone. There you go, Jared Healy Thanks, Jared. there. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I think there's some there's some tactics. Oh, if we had more time, the dirty tactics at play as well. There's been some great old stories down the years of, uh, of various tactics yeah, right, employed by some boats. Yeah, that's super scary, isn't it? Some of that stuff. What the about, swell. What about the GPS system saying, yeah. oh, you're already 300 metres on land? <laughs> yes. About to smash into Tasman Island. Complete whiteout, oh. yeah. Uh, no Josh Jenkins today, but we can get to this, man. We warn him out. Summer Breakfast on SEN. Questions without notice. The Gazman. Make this Christmas a Gazman Christmas. And right now, enjoy 25% off polos and shorts. Now, our questions that I noticed leading up to the 8.30 news, if you've got one or you want to make a point or whatever you want to do, the lines are open, one 736 736 And the 40 Wings temper is 043398-1116. Still got the Bataki to give away as well. So it's not the morning to be shy. Make sure you give us a buzz or drop us a text. Uh, Scoob, I've got a question that notice for you. Is it time that we add this man to our rigs of summer oh. nominees? Now, mm, the Western Bulldogs posted yesterday their final session of 2023, and I'm scrolling through, and I see a young James O'Donnell. I t- he's coming on the boy. He's working hard. All those mixed mix grills are paying off. What do you think? Time's news. <laughs> you got a bit to pad. You got four and a half minutes <laughs> to pad here. I looked at the no. clock the other day. No. What do you think? He's probably no, he's a couple not. of summers away. A couple of summers away, but she was the boy can eat. We've established yeah. Let's that. Let's talk about it in a couple of summers. Oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah, you and I yeah. are doing breaking yeah. in a couple of summers' we, time. Which Let's we'll, do it st- then. we'll still be doing it. Uh, Faye's dropped us a line. Scoob, you talk such great, straightforward, basic sense regarding the rules for the ICC employ in regards to Usman Khawaj's black armband and the consequences. This is all very relevant to all sports. I really enjoy the mornings with you. Have a good day and have a great Christmas with your families. Good on you, Faye. Good on you, Faye. I'm a bit of a Simon O'Donnell fan. And just on this front, Damien messaged, Uzi shouldn't have worn the armband. He thought he'd get away with it. We all know armbands are worn only when someone close dies. Simon, please stay on the radio. Someone needs to speak some sense. I think you talk sense. <laughs> Rarely, but Rarely. sometimes. Joe in Greenvale. Morning, Sam and Simon. Rules are rules. Doesn't matter who they are. No one is above the law or the rules when uh, it applies to everyone in their chosen field. Right, right. No creep. No creep, I say. No creeping. No, creep. no line creep. Line. Line, no creep. And You're creep big on that. You've always, line. there's one thing I know about you. You are big on that. You, were you a disciplinarian as a parent? Were you firm? Yeah. Firm oh, but yeah. fair? Very firm. Yeah. Firm. So that was it. No consent. Well, I don't know if there is very firm. There's firm. I was firm. Yeah. The kid's mother was firm. Built me up a bit. No, but you went in here. I lost those. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Don't need more. Just get told what to do. Yeah, I wish I could get an Pretty update sad, on. Actually. actually, let's circle back on this. We didn't. No. Uh, we <laughs> didn't elaborate on this. You very skillfully bypassed this. I want to know about the snake pulse. 
please tell me what you've done there. Well, we had a tigery on the back step. Of the new house? Mm. And he, I think he had a heart attack in the past, the snake. He what? I think he had a heart attack in the past. Did he? Snake. Yeah. Right. Just, just natural causes. Yeah, natural causes. Sure. But... <laughs> That, That's his finest in a long time. Can I just get that one more time? <laughs> Brutal. Where's he taking that from? Game of Thrones or something? Yeah. But that that caused a bit of a, a bit of angst. So now what's been purchased is a couple of Hang on. I caused a bit of angst with Beck. He wasn't yeah, happy with the way it, of, it passed yeah, away. Vibration instruments oh, that go in the garden. Do these work? Well we're about to find out. Where were they purchased from? I think Bunnings or somewhere has them. Yeah. So what? Uh, how does it? Well, it looks like a you put it, it's like a stake in the garden, and, and it's got battery tied to it, and you actually feel them. And the, as you walk past, them, you think, "Oh, well, sounds... you, you walk past and think, "What's that?" And it's it's it sort of vibrates the ground. Sounds like it should work. Well, we'll see because you know, one thing the the regulars don't like is is company. They don't like movement, and they they just want to do their own thing. So we're happy they do their own thing. But they piss off to do it. They do it about 50 metres away. Very happy they it's do it. It's a nice, humane, responsible way to do it. Like, correct. Better Quite than right. Coxie's Better than guillotine. Their out. Yeah. And, but how many do you need for your area, though? Well, we've got the three. So we'll just, just around see how the they house. work. And then that could be 33 with, with <laughs> Next thing you know, you're over to mow the grass. <laughs> no, no, they'll be over the other side of the river and the people over there will be saying, oh, someone sent all these snakes. <laughs> just, There'll be a mass migration <laughs> to the neighbours. <laughs> of tiger snakes going over to oh. neighbours. They'll be saying, I've never seen this before. Oh, I'll geez. just march out of the joint because there's a, you know, the ground's starting to vibrate. So Goodness that, me. That's, that's, that's how we solve it. Look, someone will tell us whether they work or not work, but... At this stage, um, we're, we're working on a 100% fix rate because we haven't seen one near the house since. That's good. She's well, onto something, good. Beck. Yeah. She's a thinker. Oh, she's so a you thinker. just rush straight to violence and she's thinking she's about it. She's a very it. good judge. Uh, David's texting, Hi, gents, I missed it. What happened with Uzi? Apologies. Probably should have provided some context there. Story from, story from Dan Cherney. The latest is that the ICC did not provide permission for Usman Khawaja to wear the black armband, which he did after being told he could not wear the shoes. And has uh, reportedly, anyway, uh, opened himself up to financial sanction from the ICC for not getting permission to wear the black armband. So that saga, for lack of a better phrase, continues, I suppose. Um, we're up to the news headlines, Scoob. Luke Silk's still hey, got to join us from Lukey, Luke's mate. Grill. Lucky Dip today. Luke's going to take us wherever he sees fit. And Lukey and I have been to the butcher this week, and we've had a bit of a chat to the butcher about today's topic. You must have a good uh, butcher. Neil's, he... Oh, Neil's Meats, mate. Prairie Market. Best, there you go. Because people have been asking, where do you go? Best. Old Neil. Hello, Paran Market. Yeah, my word. Okay. I had a bit of his uh, porterhouse last night. <laughs> you want to keep listening <laughs> to win a day one Boxing Day test double pass. We're going to have to be giving that away very, very soon, thanks to Cricket Australia, but we're in uh, Brooksy's hands there. We need to get to the news headlines, and we'll be back on the other side. <laughs> These snake pulse instruments that you've staked into your, your backyard, Scoob, um, we're running at 50-50 at the moment in terms of whether they work or not. Some people swearing they do work. Some people swearing they don't. And this text doesn't bode well for you. If they don't work, I've seen an anaconda sleeping on one. Oh, stop that. <laughs> oh, we don't have the big anas here. No, we don't. I jest. I jest. Someone, Someone said... was talking about pythons, but 
Like they're, but they're harmless, the python. What's the biggest thing an anaconda can actually devour? Question without notice. Can't they take down huge things, can't they? Like well, those, livestock. Some of those, um, those sh- shows you see in Brazil and whatever, like yeah. they're 20 metres, 30 metres long. Anaconda snake, biggest meal. What, what do you reckon, reckon it, it would be? I uh, reckon a zebra. 40 to 70 grams in weight they can take down. Small birds. What's a caiman? A what? They can, they may consume deer. Oh, Jaguars. No. Yeah, there you go. So they squeeze the life out of them and then just slowly decide they're going to digest them. Yeah. Do they not? And then have a big sleep somewhere. Yeah, that's the, that's the speed. <laughs> that's crazy, isn't it? Crazy. That's the way to do it. Uh, Princetown Cricket Club down on the Great Ocean Road, we're told to have the best lunches, in fact. Sausage rolls, chicken drumsticks, the works. You definitely didn't want to be in the field second down there. You're going to field first and then get the pads on a bat after the long lunch. Love it. See, a lady here, her sister had the same problem with it. Tigers on the back porch, got the electronic snake, snake deterrence over all work. Thanks, Tom. Worked well. The snake couldn't get yeah. away and was trapped under the house. Oh. Yep. Well, is that good, is it? It's a speed. Is yeah. that good? Pardon? You want them to get away, don't you? You want them to... Yeah. Do they send them in a... Where was the one trapped under the house? That's the rest of that message. says... I only read the good bit. <laughs> worked well. The snake oh, couldn't no. get away. It was trapped under the house. Oh. Uh, there's pictures of the anacondas taking oh. down cows. And a caiman is a small croc. There you go. I didn't know what a caiman was. Mm. Like an alligator. Yeah, small gator. Massive, those Crocky. Oh. Have you ever been to a crocodile farm? Yes. Have you, is it the one up near Port Douglas that you've been to as well? Yes. It's a famous one. I yes. just can't remember the name of it here. Yeah. And I've never seen anything. That was just incredible. And they were explaining this farm to, to regulate the numbers every year when the crocs breed. It's someone's job to go in and take the eggs out. Would that be the world's worst job? Oh, yeah. You have to sneak in there yeah. and take the eggs out of there. The more power, the more <laughs> I saw the croc come that out is, and eat the chook. How's the jaw? Yeah. I just thought, you know, between us and them is a mesh fence. I'm thinking, no, best I'm out of here. Did you go on the boat? So they putt around in this boat. Oh, and the guy the river and they start feeding yeah, and they jump out. The guy's got this stick oh, yes. with a string oh. and a roast chook on the end. Yeah. And he's just dangling it over the water. And yep. these things just slowly crane themselves up out of the yep. water. And then, How strong are they? Yeah, the jaw snapping shut oh, is like a machine, isn't not, it? Not to go that. No. Nah. And then you leave, and of course you're required to go through the gift shop and through the cafe. And you know what's on the? I had a hard time explaining this to the kids when they were a bit younger. Dad, is that a crocodile burger on the menu? <laughs> well, we just saw. Are they the same? Are they? Was it? Do they? Leaving, moving right along. Um, we're going to talk uh, a far, far more digestible form of meat with uh, Luke's Grill. Hopefully, shortly he's going to join us. Uh, he's been a regular with us uh, right throughout the course of summer brekkie. I imagine it's a package deal. He leaves when you leave? Yep. All oh, right. Okay. No, no, he'll stay on. Luke, I'll stay on. Very good? Yeah. Well, I'm happy to talk meats then because then we've got, we're building up to things like, um, you know, all sorts of Australia Day and all sorts of things ahead of us that Won't we need the to. Same with you. You'll have him on tofu before you know it. <laughs> I don't eat tofu, Simon. Not like that there's anything tofu. wrong. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Like in fact, I think some dishes are meant to be vegetarian. Have you ever I had know, a vegetarian lasagna? Vegetarian Magnificent vegetarian lasagna. I had a vegetarian a eggplant. pizza the other week. Yeah, that's good. With salami. Yeah. On. <laughs> Remember we got that, and I didn't have a vegetarian pizza with salami. Remember the that vegetarian lady with the salami. Other day, oh, I love, I love a vegetarian pizza. Isn't that just a supreme? Dot, 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 isn't, with that, salami, <laughs> isn't that just a supreme <laughs> or something? 
Anyway, Luke's going to join us uh, next. Uh, he's... Small things amu- amuse small minds, you know. Oh, they do, and we are easily amused. Uh, Luke's going to join us to talk uh, all things cooking, outdoor style. It'll be our final meeting with Luke prior to Christmas. It's a big one. Uh, the open lines will remain exactly that, one three hundred seven three six seven three. You do not disturb working. Yes, you tried again, didn't you? <laughs> I actually fixed my do not disturb because when you pranked me the other day, I had do not disturb on. Little did I know, there's a, there's another layer of settings behind do not disturb. Didn't actually mean do not well, you disturb. You fixed it because I've tried to ring you. You are and I Did you turn it on? Yeah, you You've went. turned the volume on again. <laughs> well, you went out to get your water. Lightning does not strike <laughs> twice in here, all right? Well, and thank you to everyone. It's the Hartley Croc Farm uh, just outside of Port Douglas there. Uh, if you haven't been, you're in the area. Make sure you check it out. Extraordinary. Back after this, Simon, you are an absolute low life. Shut up, Simon, you peanut. Summer Breakfast on SEM. The award-winning Ponting Wines bring to you the wonderful world of wine. Best day of the year, Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. Best day of the year. It's when this man would really come into his own, I reckon. He would be king. His name is the Silkinator, Luke's Silk from Luke's Grill. Luke, welcome to you. Morning, Sam. Simon. Welcome aboard, mate. And we haven't given you any homework, I believe, this week. So you have carte blanche. You can take us wherever your passion lies on this uh, Thursday morning. I reckon it'll be Chrissy Day and sort of how it should roll out. What's my thinking like, Luke? Gee, Simon, you've hit the nail on the head. It's a, uh, a Christmas Day smorgasbord. And the question I want to ask you is, what do we cook on Christmas Day? Well, we've had many a debate about that in here, uh, Luke, over the journey. Mm. Well, I've got a, a, it's not it's not a debate where I'm coming from because if it uh, if it fly, if it flies or swims, it ain't going to be on my Christmas Day cooking because I'm no good at it. I knows my limitations. Right. So no chicken, no fish. Wow. Well, this is this is throwing a cat amongst Great. the pigeons, Luke. Luke. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, no prawns uh, then. No, oh look, but you don't cook. Someone brings them along. Right. Yes. Well, okay. I'm, I'm, yeah. Okay. You got me on a technicality there. So, Righto. So what are you cooking, Christmas? Day? <laughs> what are you cooking? You've got. You've got to have a glazed ham, and yep. it must be presented warm. That's just. That's just. Go cast blanc. Got to be done. Yep. You're going to do. Um. You got to have some of your roast pork, and if we go back to series one in this. Uh. This series <laughs> this year. Remember the pork belly. Love to see some pork belly on Christmas Day. You if you haven't got time to do in, it, you never did. Yeah, but you've also said things to me you were going to bring over which you didn't do, so that's you know fifty fifty. They were even square. Um, and do belly or loin, but you've got to make sure the crackling's right. Mm. Roast beef. Mm. I love the eye fillet, boys. What do you like? What 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 beef dish would you roast? No, mate? I'm I'm an eye fillet man, but yeah. Scoob's hey, bone ribeye. I've got to do yes. it. And the brisket. I'm doing two this year. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how you go with your brisket, but. Uh, We've all popped down to uh, Neil's meat and got our eye fillets, now, and uh, boy, are they ready to go down there. Not not to labour um, the point here, Luke, at all, but just coming back to no birth. So uh, let me get this straight. You do not do any turkey on Christmas Day at your establishment. I'm getting to the turkey, and turkey is not just about the stuffing. It's because we stuff up the cooking. And I find the turkey, we dry it out because we only cook it once a year. Mm. So I just find it—it's a bird we just don't practice on. Yeah. So you don't want to so stuff up Christmas lunch. So we're prone—we're prone to stuffing it up, is what you're saying. Get rid of I it. I am saying yes. 
we are prone to stuffing it up and drying it out. Shoot the bird. Uh, because, yeah, because, it, look, it's a big fella, um, and we all think it's got to go for a certain amount of time. We or get it wrong, so I just prefer to be a perfectionist on Christmas Day, yep. and it's not one I've perfected. Fair and enough. pork beef, we, you're going to throw a bit of lamb at us? Um, I, I saved my lambs for that great Australian day, which is your birthday, Simon, the 26th of oh, January. Beautiful. Um, so uh, there are other things. That... Oh, you still with us there, Logie? Oh, he's gone. I'll do that oh, because I got... like to be in control. Sorry, we just lost um, you there for a moment. We just lost you there for a moment. But, but Luke, also as well, this, these are all the uh, – this is all the protein we're talking at the moment. What are, what are, what are we – what are we accompanying it with? I'm, I'm talking your roast spuds. I'm talking your potatoes, your sweet potatoes, your pumpkin, and so on and so on. What are we pairing it all with? You're going to pair. You're going to delegate that, by the way. So the uh, <laughs> relatives are going to bring that stuff on. Right. So they're going to bring all the salads. You're going to, you know, you have have a coleslaw. You're going to have a potato salad. You're going to have someone to do the roast taties. Must be crispy roast potatoes. You can't be served mm. these soft, mushy, just half baked potatoes. No boiled. No, no, no. And uh, in duck fat. And in duck fat, of course, Simon. And even your duck fat you've got from the pran market, bang, haven't you, Simon? Bang, bang. Uh, yeah, quickly, before we go, there's a couple of things we need to understand. Why we do the cooking on, on Christmas Day, because then you don't have to speak to the relatives that you don't want to speak to. <laughs> so you are keeping yourself entertained. And then <laughs> if any of those relatives are Collingwood supporters who are going to bore the crap out of you, with a play-by-play description of the grand final, you don't have to speak to them. And then finally, make sure you put aside a good bottle of red wine, you've kept it from the relatives, to reward yourself for all your hard work and cooking for the day. Yeah, now we are pairing your program, Luke, with the wonderful world of wine, which George Samuels joined uh, Gary and Tim on for much of the year. Are you much of a wine man? I don't know if we've asked you this. Have you got a go-to on the day itself? Simon and I will uh, debate this one all day, but... uh, the Jasper Hill Estate. Is it Jasper Hill, Simon? That mm, we uh, Jasper really, Hill, really George's like? Paddock from Heathcote. Yeah, yeah, up, up, which is up your way, which you put me on to many, many years ago. But um, uh, there's another. Is it Heathcote Estate, the Duck? Yes, um, yeah, Heathcote Estate. Yep. Another one. Up Whistling that way. Eagle, and, another one from Heathcote. That's very nice. And then I, 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 I tend to get onto a bit uh, softer wines than Simon, so I do enjoy a, a Pinot uh, later on in, into the day. Uh, before we turn to the whiskies and the uh, and the vodkas, and by that time we are lying down on the couch and just discussing who's who's going to make the cricket team the next day. Now we we got a text in here from Steve, and I know you and I can help him. Particularly, you can help him, Luke. Steve, I feel it is the most overrated food in the world. No fat equals weird taste. We need to straighten Steve out here because one, you can put some taste into I feel it, and two. The eye fillets of the modern day are coming with good marbled. granules of fat marbled through it. Uh, aren't they? And if, if he finds it boring, he's overcooking it. A, a piece of um, eye fillet cooked, I think, about 54 degrees, let's sit it for half an hour. It's just the most tender piece of meat you'll ever, ever have. Whack a bit of your um, your, your glaze or your gravy on top of it. Oh, can't, you can't go wrong. Yes. And you can never cook enough of it because the next day you're going to have – Sandwiches galore. Yeah, Steve, give it another go. Don't give up on the eye fillet. It's a different package these days compared to what it's been, Steve. And plenty of Hang people, plenty of people go the big bird. And there's so many different theories on this. Clinton got to bream the turkey first. Best way to get it right: keep it moist. Fill. My auntie gets the coals on the Weber kettle going early in the morning, and the turkey comes out delicious and moist. Getting hungry just thinking of it. So I guess if you've got your formula and you've got your recipe that's nailed on, then you back yourself in, I suppose, uh, Lukey. 
100% right and uh, just keep the Kevin Costa movie in the back of your head. Build it and they will come. So just put on what you want and the relatives will flock in. Thought you were going to talk something about the bodyguard yeah. there with Whitney Houston. I wasn't sure where that was going. Um, great to have you on, Luke, and it's been great to have you on for, for the tail end of this year, talking all things cooking, particularly with our meats and the outdoor season of cooking that we're in at the moment. Have a great Christmas, mate, and appreciate you having you on again. You guys too, and, uh, and to all your viewers, Merry Christmas and to the special people down at Crown Market. Thank you for everything. There you go. Luke Silk Luke, from Luke, Luke Screw. You can find him on Instagram, Luke Screw, of course. Uh, by the way, use the code SEN at checkout for free delivery, and that is at Ponting Wines. You can find them, pontingwines.com.au. Have you sampled uh, one of Ricky's yeah, drops? Yeah, I have. Yet? Yeah, yeah. No, Ricky's drops go all right. Go I haven't right. got my hands on one. Maybe I that's one got for them at Chrissy List yet, but it's getting closer and closer. What but was that Chrissy one you List mentioned there? Very unique. Whistling Eagle, was it? Whistling Eagle from Heathcote. Beautiful. What sort of wine are we talking? Beautiful Shiraz. Oh, okay, I'll Shiraz. get that down. Wild Duck Creek. Wild Duck Creek. Jasper Hill, George's Paddock. Oh, look at this. Yeah. You've already got your – this is a whole other topic for another time, Mm. but thank you for sharing that. Um, SEM Breakfast, powered by Kubota, of course, uh, for more than 40 years they've been making Tomorrow Matter, shaping and building Australia together. Just before we break, uh, Linda in Heathmont sent us this message. Simon and Sam, I'm driving to work on my last day before retirement. Good Good on you, Linda. Congratulations. Thank you for making my drive each day so enjoyable. Sorry to see you go, Simon. Some nice words there from Linda. Good on you, Linda. I'm not sorry to see you go, Linda, and uh, (laughs) I think I speak for the collective. Uh, No, of course, uh, that's not the case at all. You nasty little ant. We will miss him. Uh, Darren, anacondas eat large mammals, uh, and in brackets, middle-aged men in lycra. (laughs) Cyclists. Good on you, Darren. Uh, Good point with, um, with the croc farm, though, up near Port Douglas. Uh, from this person. I'm tipping you wouldn't want to be hanging around the croc farm at the moment with all that flood water. You might get snaffled up and slowly digested. That's from Jezza. What did they do with those crocs with all the flooding up there? Hopefully they got them somewhere safe. Mm. Uh, Our final break on the other side. Julio is back with mornings. Julian DeStoop next.